Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. Keeping dogs properly and responsibly. That's what we're trying to do. We can't do it anymore. I was so angry listening to him. A hundred euro is all we'll get, basically, for our baby. Between the jazz and Christmas, you know, you could slip in a bank holiday in, you know, late November, early December. Join the conversation. Call 0818 Extra WhatsApp 083 96 Email opinion at 96fm. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Coach 96 FM. It's lovely when you get uh, correspondence that is so kind to the program. We had a, a lovely email in uh, over the weekend. I'm almost a little bit embarrassed to read it because it was such a kind email. I'll get to it in a while. Good morning, 0818 96 96 96. Dirty, filthy, horrible old morning out there this morning and for anyone who's got a confirmation today including the boys of St. Columbus in Douglas I'm going to a confer this afternoon so you feel kind of sorry for kids on their special day that weather grotty and damp and horrible hope it goes hope it clears a bit mid-morning for the for the photos if if nothing else actually there's talk of a storm I see where Joanna Donnelly at Met Aaron is saying that there could be three times the normal amount of rain fall for this week. Sweetest divine. Have we not seen enough of the wet stuff in the last few weeks? There was also talk of a nasty storm building off the west coast. A storm so nasty looking they may have to give it a name. You know the way they do that. Now, Alan at Carlo Weather was tracking that. He now reckons in his latest tweet this morning that it could well go south of us and, and land over France. It could go further south of us than they were afraid it would. So still some heavy rain, still some high wind, still some very nasty, grotty stuff ahead over the next few days, but that the worst of the storm that's coming may well evade us. Alan, I, I've said this before and I'll say it again, follow him. Follow him. He's, he's very rarely wrong. He also is tweeting one of his kind of I'm looking at this, and if it works out, we'll all be very happy tweets. He said in a tweet there, was it last night or yesterday, that into next week, into early next week, in towards Easter week, we could see some nice weather. Some much nicer spring weather. But that storm, it'll come. We'll know it's there. But it 
probably go south of us. That's the latest prediction from Alan at Carlo Weather. 0818 96 96 96. We always talk about the scams that are out there uh, here in the opinion line. And I was telling you later recently, and I, this one particularly came to heart for two reasons. One, because it is an elderly couple who've been caught here and they've been caught for quite an amount of money. And this is an elderly couple who have been taught by their family how to avoid a scam. And yet, with all the normal sort of be careful of this, be careful of that, be careful of the other, they still got reeled in and they still got caught. It's to do with broadband. Now, I recently changed my broadband. um, And yes, the companies do a fair amount of the heavy lifting for you, but there'll always be a few communications back and forth to get things right. Like when I moved my provider there recently, I got me a Wi-Fi, fabulous Wi-Fi, delighted with it, but I had no phone line for, for a week and a half, and I was on to them and on to them and on to them. And to be fair, they sorted it for me, and everything is tickety-boo, and I'm going to save. I'll tell you, that's maybe separately. I'm going to save a lot of money in this move over to broadband. But the communication back and forth is what I'm talking about. And particularly if your broadband or any service like that is troublesome, the communication back and forth. It can be confusing, you know, trying to find a human being, then talk to the human being, then trying to get the same human being twice. Like, that's like getting... That's like getting a, a, a nine-dart... A nine-dart finish in the Glen Ryan of a Sunday night. Like, it ain't going to happen twice in a row. Do you know what I mean? Um, so that's where pa- Pamela's family got caught. Pamela uh, put this up on the Glenmire Notice Board website over the weekend because she's afraid that her parents will get caught out that someone else will get caught out rather in the way that her parents will get caught out when they run into a problem with their broadband that's right Pam isn't it good morning Hi, good morning, Peter. Yeah, it was. They've had problems all week with their provider. I'm not sure whether I can mention their name. Oh, do. Absolutely. They're innocent parties here. Yeah, it was Sky. And they were having issues with their... Their phone line wasn't working. And then the broadband was going down. And they were trying to ask them to do stuff over the phone. But my parents wouldn't be tech savvy. And they didn't understand what they were doing. And they kept saying, we can't do it, we can't do it. And my dad was kind of ringing every day saying, this isn't sorted, this isn't sorted. So it was going on nearly a week. And I was going to ring Sky myself while I was in the house because we were all working. And so my parents weren't, were on their own when they were on the phone to Sky. So I was going to go up to try and sort it out the next day. So basically, anyway, they got a phone call on the Thursday night saying you have a problem with your broadband but we're always warning them about scammers hmm. and they said it's okay it's okay it's been sorted we're on to sky and they hung up the phone because she said she just didn't feel right about it <laughs> they rang the next day they rang the next morning so the same the same caller rang it was, again it was a caller rang she doesn't know whether it was the same person right but they rang the next morning again and three hours they were on the phone now, it's hard to believe it was three hours. She said they were cut off twice and twice they rang back and said, you cut me off. So my mom said, we didn't. You cut us off. They were probably blaming the broadband and blaming the they phone were, line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were saying, we know you have a problem. Uh, we're trying to sort it out, but we've realised you're due a refund for all the broadband you've been down. Can I have your bank details? So my mom said, no, I don't give my bank details over the phone like that. We have drilled into them, do not give any bank details. So she says, no, 
I wouldn't give uh, any bank details. And it, they kept saying, uh, lady, they kept calling her lady. You have a problem. We're trying to sort it for you. I have some of your details already. So they were able to give her some of the digits of her visa number already. That's one of the oldest tricks in the books, Pamela, but she didn't know that. She didn't know that. So when they gave it, when she says, when they said that, she goes, oh, okay, so, and she said they called them all out. So they gave her, yeah, 4319472403, yeah. whatever, whatever, and they just needed the last four. They needed the last couple of numbers, and she gave it. They gave them to them. So she still had an uneasy feeling because of us drilling it into her head. Don't give out your details on the phone. And she said the phone kept beeping. She was on her landline right. and her mobile phone kept beeping oh. and it kept saying push notifications. And she, you know, that's from the bank then. Like they were asking to transfer money over. Yes. So they kept saying to her, um, ignore the push notifications, ignore them. And she said, but they keep sending them to me. And she said, ignore. They kept saying, ignore, ignore. Oh, hold on. I'm piecing this together in my head now. So your mum is on the phone, persuaded to give the numbers of her of her card. Yeah. She's yeah. getting push notifications on the mobile from the bank yeah. who Which can see something going breach. on. Yeah. The guy on yeah. the phone is saying, no, no, ignore that. It's fine. Yeah. And they kept doing that then to her. And then they asked her for her driving license. At this stage, I think she was up to 90. And she sent him a photograph for her driving license. Then they said, oh, it's going to be sorted now. Don't worry. We're going to ring you back tomorrow morning. Why did they want her driver's license, do you think? She doesn't know. Right. So, like, that's another scary thing now. But I actually, you don't know what they're going to do with that. I suppose the, the police know about it. The guards know about it now. So they're going to check all that out. So when did you discover that money had been taken? When she put down the phone, my dad said she just cried. She knew. She knew something had happened. Oh. And... Then she's, my dad said, we'll go now, we'll go to the bank. So she realised, she, she's a wise woman, your mother, she realised something was up, but she was too far into it. Yeah, she was getting very nervous as it was going on, and she was gone too far at this stage. She knew the visa card numbers were gone. But the minute she put down the landline, her mobile phone went completely dead. And they called me in work and said it to me. And I said, they didn't know anything now about a scam. It's my dad came on and said, mom, your mom's phone has gone completely dead. She's after getting very upset. And I thought they were just kind of exaggerating because of the detail of what was going on all week with the Sky. And I said, Dad, that has nothing to do with your, Sky have nothing to do with your mobile phone. And he said, I don't know your mom's mobile phone is gone dead. It says it's blocked. So I said, go out to Wilton, go out to Vodafone. And I said, and ask them to look in. So they went out, Vodafone couldn't even, said they couldn't get near it. So they went straight to the bank. She knew straight away. Then she went straight to the bank, just said, I think something's after to happen to my account. Will you look at my account? And they checked the account. 2,500, they said, was missing. And there was another 250 pending. Oh, my God. So they stopped the second one straight away. They took all the details off her. I think they put her onto the fraud squad then for the bank. And then they said, go in and start to get your phone sorted out. So they went into Wilton and fair play. Uh, across some pennies, there's a, a phone shop in there. So my mom went in and explained what happened. They took the phone, never charged her. They said, you've lost enough money, she said. 
the boy, the boy behind the counter unlocked her phone set up all her fibre and all this stuff to her and sorted her out and never took anything off her good for, good for them good for them they said yeah, you've lost enough so she came home at that stage oh they told her to go to the guards so she went to talk a guard then after that oh. so they took all the details so it's in the hands of them now Right. So she had to go back to the bank, then she had to hand up something from the guards, but it's all ongoing now. They just have to wait, their bid is done. Yeah. So they've reported it. and But you see, as I said, she was so wise about, we always say, don't do anything online. Yeah. And she knew all that. But when she was in the situation she was in, with her Sky Broadbank gone down, it's like, the ones, the new one that's out now as well is uh, Hi Mom and Dad. Yeah. Um, my bank account is after lock. My phone's after lock, and please use this phone number instead. If your kids are away, like my my child is going on um, school tour in a month's time. If I got that while she was away, I'd believe it. Exactly. Exactly. Your mom yeah. was doing everything right according to what you taught her and according to yeah. her own common sense and yet she still got got. They're, they're so flipping sneaky, yeah. Pamela. They really That's are. That's what she said. They're so sneaky and but the next part, they rang again the following day. Go on. They rang on the Saturday. Hi, can we speak to my mum's name? And she's uh, my mum was out. And my sister was there and, well, she abused him on the phone. She just <laughs> said, the guards are on to it. We know you scammed my mom. They said, no, no, we haven't. Why are you saying that? And she said, you did. Right. And she just slammed down the phone on Good top for of her. Her. Good for her. Um, But they rang to say, we were on to you yesterday. Is your broadband working? <laughs> so I reckon if my mom hadn't gone to the bank and sussed out straight away, they could have tried it again. Oh, I know. You know what I mean? I it's just that the bank had said you were so lucky if you had waited till Monday, they'd have cleaned out what was the bit that was in her account. Well, hopefully, though, with the process in train, that she'll get her money back. Because from what you hear, once you alert the bank, the banker, to be, to be fair to them, the banks are wise to a lot of this nonsense. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to let you go and sort out that doggy. Oh, yeah, oh, you can hear it in the background. <laughs> There's another dog walking good, past the house. <laughs> it happens. I've two do the very same thing at home. Give my best okay. to your mum and dad. Pamela, good talking to you. Thanks. Okay, thank you. Go sort that doggy out. Uh, I know exactly what you're going through with the doggy there. Pam, everything that moves outside the front windows of the house. They want to play. They want to play. They want to... But no, that's an awful scam. And they just caught her parents at the wrong time, broadband issues. And that's the trick with the Visa card. If anybody ever tells you, and look, we can say this a thousand times. If anybody ever says to you, listen, I have some of the details of your card, but I've misplaced the rest of it. Hang up. Because I quoted there for 719372, whatever. The first, is it 12 digits? Definitely the first eight digits of pretty much anyone's card are the same as long as they come from the same bank so pretty much oh yeah that's right that's right that's right that's right but I don't have the last four but, but, but. now you're in trouble so just if anyone ever tells you they've got some of your visa number but not the rest of it hang up the phone just hang up 0818 96 96 96 yeah I told you about switching broadband I know it's a side issue but I eventually got it done it took me a while to do it for reasons that there's no point in sharing them with you but uh, 
when I eventually found a provider that would do what I wanted, it takes a few phone calls. It takes trying to get a human being, trying to get a human being the second time. Although I had one young fella kept coming back to me in the end, which was fantastic. Do you know how much I'm going to save? I'm serious. I got my first bill the other morning. Do you know how much I'm going to save for moving the broadband to have really good Wi-Fi and my landline? Over 12 months, I'm going to save 600 quid. So it's worth doing it. There's a bit of lifting involved and a bit of grief and a bit of trying to talk to a human being. But it's worth it. 0818 96 96 96. All right, I'll read this because it's there on the screen in front of me and I'm so, so happy to see it. We were talking on Friday, Daffodil Day, to a young lady called Orla. And both of her parents were diagnosed with cancer during the pandemic and they both died in the last number of months. And Orla was talking to me about the importance, as she saw it, of Daffodil Day because of the services that the Irish Cancer Society provided to her and her parents during their illness. And indeed, still, she, she gets to go to Cork Ark, uh, where they help her out. We got this lovely email over the weekend. Dear editorial team, I'd appreciate if you'd convey my thanks to PJ Coogan for his interview today with the young woman Orla. It was one of the most sensitive and empathic interviews I've heard at any radio station. Both the interviewer and interviewee did more to reflect the reality of life as a carer or sufferer in that short space of time than any high-powered advertising campaign. Thank you again to all on the programme connected with that piece. Kind regards, Elaine. You're so kind, Elaine. Thank you very much. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. The Cork Diary. Cork's 96 FM. Fiddle's National School are hosting a bingo night on Friday the 31st of March in Crookstown Community Hall at 7.30pm. Raising money to purchase interactive smart boards for the classrooms, bingo books will be available on the door on the night with loads of great raffle prizes to be won as well. For more information, check out Clodove National School on Instagram. If you have an event you would like mentioned, email the details to corkdiary at 96fm.ie. Cork Diary. With CorkSimon.ie. Because everyone who calls Cork home should have one. Cork's 96 FM. I want to return briefly to the Kerry Babies case. Uh, the dramatic development last Thursday evening, where a man and woman, man in his 60s, woman in her 50s, were arrested by Gadi investigating the death in 1984 of the child now known as Baby John. They were arrested, questioned. Uh, the cold case team took over Castle Iron Guard, the station in Kerry. Uh, one was questioned there, the other was questioned at Listole. And then they were both released without charge within hours of each other, Friday evening into Saturday morning. And a file will be prepared for the DPP. This is Gadi investigating the murder of baby John. They were, in, they were arrested on suspicion of murder. That was the story as it broke on Thursday. Now, it's unusual, in my experience, for a solicitor to speak out in his client's or on his client's behalf while something like a file is being awaited from the DPP. It doesn't happen very often. Now, their solicitor, in my experience, their solicitor is Podrick O'Connell, um, and he joins me now. Podrick, I'd put that to you first, if you wouldn't mind. It is unusual for a solicitor like yourself 
to to do something like this. Why are you doing it? Good morning. Well, keep in mind, PJ, that the state of all the resources here, the couple have myself and two very fine solicitors in my office, Emo Griffin and Andrew O'Connell, and that's what they have. They were arrested on suspicion of murder. I am contending that there wasn't a scintilla of evidence to arrest them on suspicion of murder, and nothing was put to them during the course of their interrogation on in the guard stations in Castellan and Listowel that would merit either the detention or a charge of murder, in my opinion. In those circumstances, and in the circumstances where the lady was released prior to 8pm on Friday evening, I was met by an avalanche of photographers and filmmakers and her passage from the guard station over state property to the public road was not maintained and her privacy was invaded. Here is a lady who was not charged with any offence, who was released, and suddenly she now has a situation where she has film and camera material recording her image and what's going to happen that into the future. Where are we with data protection? I felt it was necessary to say what I had to say in their interest and in the public interest. I haven't seen any of this imagery, by the way, Padraig. I just put that to you. It is unusual. I'm not not suggesting you have, but I can tell you that Miss Griffin Slister, who accompanied um, the lady in the garden station, drove out with the lady in her vehicle, and she has made it abundantly clear as to what occurred Oh no, I'm not doubting what you tell me at all. This isn't my first rodeo, Padraig. I I know what happens outside the back of guys' stations in this situation. And and more importantly, the film is there and the photographs are there. Mm -hmm. So they are there. The proof is there that this occurred. Okay. Okay. Now a file file is awaited from the DPP. No, no, not from the DPP. The file goes to the DPP and the DPP... I beg your, par- I beg your pardon. I beg your pardon. Yes, plumbly choice awards. The file will go to the DPP. The DPP will, will then adjudicate on that file and make a decision. You've asked for that decision to be made quickly. Of course I have, because here we have people who were never in a guard station in their life. And their life is now on hold. Mm. And what would one expect only that it should be done expeditiously? Mm-hmm. And the DPP at the other end, when she gets the file, should make a decision even quicker. Because she has to look at the evidence, and it's my contention that that evidence does not exist. Mm-hmm. You'd accept, I'm sure, Padraig, that these arrests came at the end of a very long investigation. I'm sure you'd, you'd accept it would be hard to believe that they were randomly selected for arrest. The guards were going on something. I have no difficulty with anyone being arrested, provided there are grounds for arrest. They were arrested, PJ, on suspicion of murder. Mm-hmm. Not of being parents of a child, on suspicion of murder. You're the first one to bring up the parents' situation, the parents, the word parents here. Yes. Are they the parents of baby John? They gave a voluntary DNA sample and when the result of that comes back, I'll comment on that at that stage. It would be premature to even respond to that at this point in time. All right. I respect that. I respect that. You've made the point at the weekend in a previous interview that even if they are, let us just let us just yes. say, even if they are, even yes. if DNA, which let's face it, Padre, we all know DNA these days doesn't lie. Even Absolutely. If, and I have no difficulty with DNA. Okay. And sure. But it does not emerge or make is the point you're making. 
Pardon me? DNA does not a murderer make in certain circumstances. Absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yes. I mean, surely we've got everybody and anybody everywhere understands that. Mm-hmm. Now, you would, would you not, accept that this misfortunate child who would have been 39 years of age in, in a mere few days, we, he or he is entitled to justice and his murder must be solved. But there's no disputing that. Right. Right. And it comes at the end of a long investigation. No disputing that. Mm-hmm. So how long is it expected? I know the file will go. And at one point we heard that members of the traffic corps were driving at high speed to the DNA lab in Dublin to bring up samples. Well, how yeah, long- thanks. thank you for that because I hadn't heard that one previously. Yeah, yeah, that, that we did hear that. Interesting. We, we did hear that they were taken at high speed to the lab in Dublin to be matched well, against what's on. If that has occurred... And I would welcome that. I hope the same occurs with the file going to the that, that, was, that was written written in, in the Irish Times by, by my friend Barry Roach uh, on oh, Saturday yes. morning. Yeah. I know Mr. Roach, a highly Indeed, that. indeed. If Barry Roach says it happened, I'm fairly certain it happened. But anyway... And I make you, the way that if that happens, there should be no reason then why the file itself shouldn't be expedited uh, with another high-level entourage to Dublin as quickly as possible. I think you also said, Patrick, over the weekend, and I, I, maybe maybe if I'm misquoting you, you'll correct me. D- did you suggest at one point that if the Gardaí wished to speak with your clients, there was a nicer way to go about it? Sure, of course. What did you say? Did you say that there was a better way that they could contact them and ask them to come Absolutely. in? Absolutely. There are many ways that you can approach anything. But the approach here was to arrest them in suspicion of murder. Yeah. 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 So how long have they been given any idea? Have you any idea how long this might take? No. I can assure you I will probably be the last to be told. Yeah. Yeah. It comes back to the... It'll come back to the cold case team, won't it, rather than back to the local Gaddy... Yes. It will. It yes. Will. Yes. And have you been able to speak? Like you weren't in there with your clients, no? No, I have not spoken to the cold case team subsequent to the release of my clients. Okay. Okay. And how are they now? Tell me. I mean, look, obviously we can't identify them. That would be the last thing I want to do. How are they now, Patrick? They're in a state of shock. Mm. Yeah. Kerry is a place where everybody knows everybody. So, it must be difficult for them now. It is exceptionally difficult. Yeah. Have they been able to go home? Their house is now their home, but they have not returned as yet. I see. In other words, the guardian has given back possession of the house. Oh, yes. I know that they, they held onto it for a couple of days to search it. Yes. Right. And all that's perfectly understandable in the context of where we are. My okay. concerns are those I've raised already. I see. I see. Are you suggesting uh, that these were wrongful arrests? I'm not suggesting anything. I'm merely saying what I'm saying. All right. I don't make suggestions. I say it straight out. And what I've said straight out is what I believe. 
All right. Patrick, it's a pleasure to speak with you and it's a case that I'm, I'm sure you'll appreciate the, the level. And I know, I said to you, it's not my first rodeo being outside Garda stations late at night when people are released. You, mm. You'll appreciate, won't you, the enormous level of interest in this. Of course. But there is not more the reason why everything should be done to protect an innocent person who's released without charge leaving a Garda station. Indeed. Indeed. Good speaking with you, Padraig O'Connell, a Kerry-based solicitor representing the two people arrested on suspicion of murder in the Kerry Babies case, subsequently released without charge with a file to be prepared for the DPP. Padraig asking on behalf of his clients that that report or that file be expedited and decided upon as quickly as possible. 0818 96, 96, 96. Separately, I was reading a few different columns over the weekend. I'm, this is one of these stories that is from my youth, shall we say. Uh, and it's not a story that I used to talk about quite a lot with, with my late dad. And, and, and a story that I followed right throughout adulthood. And as I developed more as a journalist, I understood more how these things were done. I, 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 I look at what was done to Joanne Hayes and her family, and it was egregious appalling, disgusting in, in many, many ways. People should have been sacked. People should have lost their pensions. They should have lost their jobs. They didn't. They didn't. So now, Gardaí must tread very carefully. They must get this right. So we'll watch you with interest. Yesterday we were talking about the sustainability and the retrofitting and we'd get call from Sarah about how she's trying to retrofit her house and she said, beware of what you wish for when you go in for this grant crack because it doesn't even, it doesn't even scratch the surface of the actual cost. And I think we're coming back to that later on today. Definitely this week anyway. But I also read a story that you could soon need. You're waiting for this. You might soon need seven. This is all this sustainability green stuff, which we all ex- accept. We all accept that there's climate change and we all accept that we have to do more to save the planet, etc., etc., etc. But you might soon need seven bins outside your door. I read this yesterday with an open with my eyes out on stocks. Seven bins. This is a thing that's starting across Europe. I think it's in parts of Germany already. They're talking about it in the UK. And of course, Brexit or no Brexit, if the UK sneezes, we'll get the cold. To do bins properly going forward, according to the Green Agenda, you're going to need a bin for your food waste. You're going to need a bin for your dry recyclables. You're going to need a bin for plastic bottles. So that's the black one, the blue one, the red one. Then you'll have the orange one for mixed recyclables. No, I don't know what they are either. Then you'll have green ones for glass. And you'll have a grey one for metal. Tins, I assume or whatever, and then a green one, another one for garden waste. Seven bins. Where are you going to Where are you going to put them? Where the hell are you going to put them? But that's where this is going. Seven bins. I already have three. I have the general waste, the recycling, and the food bin. Some other people have a fourth one. I think Emer said she's a fourth one for glass. And that's about as much as you can live with in the average family. Where are we supposed to put these blasted things? But it's coming to the UK, and if it comes to the UK, they'll start thinking about it here. Seven bins, lads. Seven 
flipping bins. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Cork's 96 FM Some do it for the challenge, some for charity, and some for the cheer. Cork's 96FM invites you to run the Cork City Marathon Sunday, June 4th. Whatever you do it for, be part of this summer's favourite feel-good event. Run solo in the Fuller Half Marathon or take part in the first ever 10km race, which can now be run solo or part of a team, which now includes ages 15 plus and up. Yeah, we run and we run and we run. Sign up for Cork's feel-good event of the year. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie for Sunday, June 4th. With Cork's 96FM. Kate says, I think Baby John should get justice, but I heard in one of the Vox Pops of the weekend a woman saying, look, let it be now. I think a lot of people have that attitude. It makes so many people feel uncomfortable to be resurrecting this pain again for a community. And You're right, Kate, it does mean people really uncomfortable but I cannot countenance this attitude, ah let it go, let it go three months before baby John was found says Tim Brosnan, Anne Lovett was found dead at a grotto in Grenard in County Longford, she was 15 I remember it, that shocked Ireland and sets a context the lady arrested recently was in her 50s so 39 years later, at most she was 20 but she could have been as young or younger than Anne Lovett. And again, Tim, as Podrick Solicitor says, we, we, nothing is... We're, we're not saying, or he's not saying that his clients are the parents at this point. There are tests in train, and when those tests come back, he will respond to them as they come back. The killer might well have been a third party. The killer could now be deceased. Maybe another time, a gather move could backfire, even if it was done with the best intentions. I, I read so much crime, guys. As you know, I, I love to read crime novels. And yes, novels are fiction and, and they're written and with no comeback for anybody. And I appreciate that. But one of the things that comes up in so many crime novels is, oh, let it alone. Let it alone. Stand, don't stop asking questions. No. I'm sorry now, but we have to find out. As a nation... As a nation who did an and and as a state that did an egregious and despicable wrong to Joanne Hayes and her family, that can't be said enough times. That can, that should be written in stone. An egregious wrong was done to a thoroughly innocent woman and her family. A despicable thing was done to them by the state. Something for which nobody was ever punished. As a state, the state now, and the Gardaí, and we as a people owe it. Owe it to baby John to find out what happened. And if, if, if the killer is deceased, the killer is deceased. But we need to know. Bernie says justice had to be done. It's a very cold attitude to say let it be. Everyone deserves to have their life treated with respect. Well, Bernie, it's not out of a cold attitude people want to let it be. I would suggest that people want to let it be because of the horrible reality of what might lie behind it. That would be my view. 0818-969696 is one we'll follow. Now, patients in CUH are now facing a wait of up to 19 hours before they see a doctor. Depends on where you are, of course, on the triage list, but up to 19 hours 
when you go in the front door of the ED until you see a doctor. My mom had reason to be there about a week and a half, two weeks ago now. She was treated brilliantly. Could not say enough for the paramedics who brought her in, for the staff who saw her inside. She's fine now, by the way. Thanks for asking. But she just remarked to me afterwards, the staff are so horrendously overworked. Horrendously overworked. Um, 19 hours being one of the average weights now. Effie, Effie Murphy from y'all, you were there recently with with your daughter, I think, uh, and and you saw at first hand what's happening. Like, to to start, how, how is she, Effie? Good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. Yeah, it was a, a long old wait. God love her. Um, she's doing great, thank God. Um, but it really was a long day. You brought her in yourself, or was it an ambulance? Uh, so we had a referral letter from our GP. Uh, we went in and we got a ticket. Um, we were told to sit down and wait. Um, so we sat down and a screen came up. Then our number was called and we went up and gave our information to the desk. And then we had to sit and wait again. Um, and this part was actually really fast, to be honest with you. We were seen, I'd say, within the hour. Mm. And then you think, oh, geez, you know, I'm true now. This is great. Like, but no, nobody tells you you're sat there for another nine, nine to ten hours before you see the next person. That that first meeting is is triage, and that is literally to determine your place in the queue. Exactly. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. What kind of things did you see around you as you were sitting there waiting? Well, I myself was sat on the floor because I wasn't a patient. There wasn't a chair given to me, so I had to sit on the floor, which I didn't mind, and I I understand, you know. You're very gracious, seriously. I, I know, but I'd prefer, you know, you'd prefer to give it to somebody who was sick. Course, I, ideally, it would be, uh, you know, great for my, for myself to have a chair. But yeah, you know, when you see elderly people there. But um, so I had uh, a lady sat beside me, and an elderly lady. She was in her eighties, I'd say. Um, she was sat there for hours, um, not giving any cup of tea to keep warm. Um, they had the the doors wide open. I suppose it was the COVID restrictions, you know, that they have to have the doors open still. But it was freezing, PJ. And, like, there was no blankets given to any of the elderly people. And they were just sat there shivering, which was a shame to see, like. This is in the in the, in the the main ED sort of waiting area there. And that is a big wide door. And that door was open. It was wide open, yeah. And sure, people coming in and out and the whole lot like then. Amy was so packed that you were actually sitting by the door so that I, I actually pitied the people that were sat at the door you know because they had the full breeze um, yeah it was a shame you know and babies and buggies crying and yeah it was like something you'd see on the TV like you know and you know when you saw the nurse first and you were chatting to the, the triage what did, with your daughter like were you given any idea how long you might be no no, nobody said anything to us. I overheard a nurse telling another nurse that there was currently a 19-hour wait before you get to see a doctor. 19 hours? Yeah. The triage system, like I said, is deciding your place in the queue and your registry to be seen. And if someone comes in, then that's more serious than you. You go down the list again, but you've no idea how long you're going to be. How long was it before she was eventually seen? We were seen maybe after eight hours in there, maybe nine hours. And that gets you through the double doors. That gets you to the doctors in the next station then, yeah. And and then once you're inside there, was that a swift enough process? That was actually a good experience. We um, we were given a sandwich and a bottle of water. Um, so, you know, I've, I've never seen them hand out food in A&E before. I know patients would get food, um, but it was actually nice of them to, I suppose they had to really, you know, yeah. the amount of time that you're waiting there. Um, so they gave um, 
a sandwich and I can't even remember, was it a biscuit or something with it and um, yeah, yogurt, yeah. Something to keep your, your blood sugar going. You've been there you've been there a long time and like you said, your daughter was well looked after and you're happy about that. Yeah. Effie, you you lived in Australia for a few years. Like, would I you did. Ever, would you ever go through something like that in a in an emergency room in, in was it Townsville you were in? I was in Townsville in Queensland, yeah. Um, no, nothing at all like that, PJ. And even like I was pregnant when I was living in Australia, my kids and my husband all came into the ward while I was pregnant to see the scan, you know, and even little things like that. It's not available here, unfortunately, yeah. you know, and precious moments like that, you'd love to share it with your family, you know. You do, you do. And an emergency room then, would that be crowded? Would it be mad? No, nothing, nothing at all. We were seen straight away. Yeah. The staff themselves, everyone says they're great and they run off their feet. They're always they're fantastic. Rushing. I cannot fault the staff. And no, they were just fantastic, PJ. You know, they were so lovely. And you could tell that they were stressed, but they were putting on a brave face to just get through their shifts. Yeah. Um, it's just a, sh- a shame to see, really. Yeah, I'd still say you're very gracious about being willing to sit on the floor because the, the least anyone coming in, particularly yeah. a mother bringing in her daughter, the least you're entitled to was a flipping chair. Uh, it would have been great, but you know, I was I, to be honest, I was lucky. I was even allowed in there because no one was allowed to bring anybody in with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so just yeah, I was to be lucky to to bring in my daughter at the time. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm I'm glad she's okay and and that she's on the mend. Thank you. Good to talk to you. It's been a while. You too. It has been a long time, PJ. Yeah. Thanks a million. Cheers. Cheers, Effie. Nine hours. Like nine hours is short enough. Isn't it a shocking state of affairs? that we say nine hours is short enough compared to 19. Thanks, Effie. And I think she is. She won't accept it, but I think she is very gracious to accept sitting on the floor as a mom there with her daughter. I think to to accept sitting on a floor in in a so-called first world country in 2023 when you're waiting in a hospital, that's not acceptable. And there's a man who would tell you that's not acceptable. Um, I speak of Chris Luke, regular guest on this program. Um, it's his birthday today, so happy birthday to to Dr. Chris Luke. What Chris would would say if he were sitting here in front of me on the end of my phone, as he has been many many times, it is not acceptable for somebody accompanying their daughter through, to a, an ED visit to have to sit on the floor for for several hours. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six on the Kerry babies. After the hames they made of it the first time round, that's putting it mildly, listener, but you're correct. After the hames they made of it first time round, it's not a good look for the Gardaí how last Thursday was handled. Full on press briefings. They made a big song and dance over it. Considering how many careers were made the first time, the Gardaí have to get this right. Otherwise I hope that's the listener takes them to the cleaners. At least one person was promoted out of that murder squad the last time. The murder squad was subsequently disbanded. Um, and a m- many very respectable senior Gardaí since retired and many of them gone to their reward as they say would have said with sad shake of the head that was not right. What was done down there was not right. Many of them uh, my father included would have said would have said exactly that. So making a hymns of it is pulling it mildly. Choosing a soft target, and I'll say this without fear of contradiction, choosing a soft target, a woman who had recently given evidence of having a child and there was no sign of a child, that was what they did. They chose a soft target and they tried 
as best they could to build a confession out of it. It was a disgraceful thing they did. On the pensioners being caught, Pamela's parents, I'm so sorry for what's happening with older people getting scammed. Why is this happening? This is from AD at AC Consulting. The call centre can be anywhere. It can be the UK, it can be India, wherever. I think that's the core of the problem. Why can't it be made a rule that all these call centres used for companies in Ireland have a base in Ireland? Also, I'd love to know what vetting is done before someone is taken on in a call centre. You do hear about call centres that lose a contact, contract. Yeah, you do, you do. And the, the, the lad that was dealing with me, with my new broadband, broadband provider, was a French lad. I don't know whether he was here or whether he was in France, but he was just, I was so lucky to get him. Um, but he was fantastic. Um, and I said, how am I going to get to talk to you again? His name was Tony. I said, how am I going to get to talk to you again, Tony? He said, I will call you. And he did. And he did. I can imagine how stressed out her mam was on that call, says Kevin. Flustered and frustrated. It goes to show how calculating these scammers are. You're so right. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 I think most of the people contacting the opinion line this morning to do with Kerry Babies and the ongoing developments there. I think most of them most of them anyway would agree with me you cannot just let this go this cannot be left go we have to find out what happened to that poor tiny newborn child uh, 39 years ago for April we have to find that out and we cannot let this go it would be it would be egregiously wrong to let it go so it would someone else then says the witch hunt witch hunt about Joanne Hayes sums up old Catholic Ireland she had a baby out of wedlock it was the worst possible thing you could do back then that woman has gone through hell and probably still is going through hell oh I've no doubt I mean she is just going to be exposed to this stuff again and it's in the papers and everyone's talking about it and she's down there in Abbey Dorney with her family she still lives down there and so that's only over the road 75 kilometres from the beach where baby John was found it's where her nightmare started yep I can't I can't imagine what they must be going through at the moment yeah you, you really do feel for them 0818 96 96 96 now I mentioned that Mary had contacted us Mary you were listening to Effie and you say it's not the staff it's nothing to do with the staff it's the system morning yeah of course it's the system like you just go out there and I think anybody who has worked in an environment that has, you know, moved on probably indescribably from when we first started working. I'm sure it's the same in your case. You're no longer putting records on manually on... No, no. You know, I miss it sometimes, but like no, that. no. Yes, but, that, but that's what I mean. But like how much your job has changed and how much time you're able to do your actual job as opposed to being responsible for putting every... You know, putting things on the turntable, taking yeah. them out, putting them back in yeah. sleeves, all yeah. 
Like how much time, how much of your job would be, I won't say time would be, not wasted, but like how much harder your job would be, I suppose, if you were doing that yeah. as part of your job day. Yeah. And that's what you see out in the CUH. You know what I mean? It's just, it, it's just mind-numbing, I suppose, when you're out there and you see, like, the triage, as you say, that establishes your place in the queue. It can also establish that you have a broken leg and would need an X-ray. You do not need to wait for a doctor for nine hours to tell you that you need an X-ray. Unfortunately, in our system, you do at least be signed off on the Yeah, but that's what I mean. But that's stupid. Like the actual X-ray. Actually, I reckon for insurance purposes, they couldn't actually, even if you were to suspect broken leg, that they would have to X-ray you before they can let you out of the hospital for insurance purposes. I mean, if you look at the the paramedics that bring people in, they're as good as any doctor. They They know if the leg is broken. They know. Yeah, but they and they have to stay there until they do this handover, which means they can't get on with their job. And, and the ambulance, so ambulance is out of service for the night, yeah. Yeah, but like, I'm just, uh, take the broken leg in point, case in point. I've been out there with children, with bro- I've been out there with the broken leg myself. And you wait and you see the doctor and then you need say, And you go down. And in fact, there's two radiographers there twiddling at home because the fact that the doctor's obviously are dealing with other things other than broken legs and things like that. So there can be big gaps between the time. Mm. Has to be reset for every patient. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but like, you know, what I'm saying is there can be big gaps, like kind of things, say, I have a broken leg, so I need an X-ray, so I go down. But then for the next hour, they mightn't see another person who has a broken leg. Yes. So the radiographers don't have to do any X-ray, have nobody coming to them for an X-ray, whereas the triage person should be saying... Well, this person need, will need an X-ray no matter what. We send them down if there is a gap. We schedule them for the X-ray, and then that's a very I, good the, the point. Can, do, yeah, do you yeah, really need then. a doctor to sign off on an X-ray? That's well, a very good point. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Yeah, that's what it. I mean. So, like, the, the, so that will help with the scheduling of the yeah. of the X-rays. And then when you do get to see a doctor, they have all the information they need. They do, they do, they do. Like, you know, the small things like that, like kind of thing, and that's just... Yeah. And there is nobody doing triage out there that could not, you know, could no. not establish if someone Look, needs an X-ray Mary, or not. And as I said... You your know, your own experience, you, you've been through that yourself. And, and I had an experience yeah. a number of years ago too that I, I took a fall... And yes. and I had a pain in my hip and it's swelling and it's bruising and I knew I needed to be seen. And I was out there on a Saturday evening and I was wise enough to bring a book and a sandwich. But but yeah. when I went into the triage nurse, she took a look at me. She says, I'll tell you now, I don't think you've broken anything. I'm almost sure you haven't broken anything. Um, you, you're going to need an X-ray. And yeah. I said, fine, that's fine. I said, I'm in a lot of pain. She said, of course you are. Look at the state of your leg. Yeah. And she gave yeah. me couple of hospital we had paracetamol and, and, and I was fine right but she yeah. said you're going to be waiting you're going yeah. to be waiting you know? but she knew then and she was qualified like in fairness like they go through and like I mean you know yourself if you need an x-ray not a mind yeah. somebody who's trained and working in the area right. you know what I mean it just yeah. and as I said that is must be demoralizing for staff that they're not given the credit for what they are able to do Absolutely. because this, you know that's Absolutely. that's not fair on the nurse and you know there's just all these things and you see them and any time that they're spending not dealing direct like not utilizing yes. 
They are medical things. They are doing paperwork, endless paperwork. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. has nothing to do, you know, there's, there doesn't seem to be... Paperwork has nothing to do with being a good doctor or a good nurse. You're, you're right. No. You made a fantastic comparison, actually, Mary, at the start of our conversation there. You said, my job here, I, about, say, playing a song or playing a record. There was a time yeah. when i take the record out of the sleeve, put the record on the turntable, give the record up, and then I had to write down a ton of stuff about the record and who wrote the song and what the yeah, label was. Yeah, for all the royalties and all that kind that's, of thing. That's, that's been taken off me years yeah. ago. And that yeah. time is now used to make better content for the radio program. You're completely right. Yeah. You know, and it's not fair on the staff. They are, um, they are brilliant, but they're, they must be demoralised yeah. and run down because they're not doing what yeah. they were nurses, trained Nurses to do. are not nursing. They're writing paperwork. Yes. Yeah. And referring to doctors. Which yeah. is even more. You have more paperwork to raise. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Anyway, that's just as I said. You know, those kind of efficiencies. Like, it's not a fair working environment for the doctors. Yeah, you're right. And nurses and the staff and everybody out there. Everything like. It's all very definitely. Boring. Like, and the use of technology, like kind of thing, has to be. Like, do you ever see a doc? Do you? How many of them do you see with iPads? How many of them do you see with? <laughs> You know, you, you really would wonder in 2023 why there is such a need for mountains and mountains of paper, wouldn't you? You no. would. It can all be scanned and even if it is paper, like kind of thing, they're reefing through files. Did you ever see the thickness of the files when Jeez. you're going to... <laughs> I should want the, I'm sure the hospital porters are all seeing a chiropractor or a physiotherapist from the sheer weight of pushing yeah, around trolleys. They're all wheeling around, the, they're they're wheeling around these trolleys with, oh, for God's sake. And they're down on the floor. The trolleys, of course, are the, the size of the trolleys and the height of the trolleys. Oh, they're all, like, they're all seem to be stooped over them. No, no, no wonder it's all slowed down so much. Thank you, Mary. Uh, the systems are the problem. Appreciate that call. The systems are to do with an awful lot of the problem. There is no reason, there should be no reason in 2023 in a modern hospital why there are mountains and mountains of paper being pushed around. There really is no need for that at all. Well, there shouldn't be. 0818969696. We talked yesterday with Katrina Fitzpatrick about how the cost of living is impacting couples who have fertility issues. There's state money coming, 10 million of state money coming this year to support people uh, who need infertility treatment but there's still no structure as to how it'll be spent where it'll be spent where you can go and get treatment and all that that's what I was talking to Katrina about uh, yesterday but Kira, it, it prompted a call from oh sorry lads she's not on to I'll take a break see if you can get her back it prompted a call from from Kira, and I'll chat with her next join the conversation this is the opinion line with the Cork City Marathon take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Cork's 96 FM Kira. hello good morning Hi. you were listening to us yesterday talking to Katrina what did you want to say no, it was just a point made yesterday that there's no public system for the infertility. Mm-hmm. But myself and my partner had already gone through. There is a public system for the infertility up to the point of IVF. IVF isn't on the public system, but you can get your tests and you can get two um, rounds of IUI through the public system. Okay. Um What's well, IUI? That's another treatment before you go to IVF, is it? Yeah, that's where basically the semen is injected into the uterus. Um, 
that's just if you have motility issues. So up to the two IUI, if you still don't have success, then you are referred to the private clinic. Um, so we were waiting about, from start to finish, about two years to get our appointment through the public system. Okay. But once we got our appointment, we had all our bloods, ultrasound, semen analysis, everything was done for like for free, basically, with the public system. So you um, went to your GP, I presume, Kira, and you, you got the referral from the GP, and then you uh-huh. said, it, did it take you two years to get into the system, too? It's, with your referral, if you're under 30, you have to be trying for a year, under 35, six months, over 35, and you go immediately. So because I was under 35, we had to be trying for six months before the GP was able to refer. Okay. So from, that was July 2017, and we got our appointment in February 2019. Okay, okay. And then, um, so then it just sped up. We got our analysis, all our bloods, all our ultrasounds, and then they recommend a six-month lifestyle change, so no alcohol, no smoking, vitamins, healthy eating. Um, we were back in June 2019 to do a repeat test, and that's when we were told the only way to conceive is IVF, okay. with a further IVF, which is called ICSI, um, which is like the furthest that you can go in fertility treatment. That We were told in June 2019 that was the only way we were okay. ever going. I see, I see SI. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Not, not familiar with what it is, but it doesn't really matter. It's it's an advanced form of IVF, shall we say. Yeah. It's, it's just the next level up. It's just the upgrade okay. of it. So they weren't able to do that for you at Finbar's. So what happened then? So that was June 2019, rang Waterstone, because through the public system, all our tests were actually done in the Waterstone Clinic. Okay. So we were already familiar with the Waterstone Clinic, and the doctor in the public health system, Dr. McMenamin, had previously been a consultant in the Waterstone Clinic. So the link is there? Yeah, so we we were already familiar with the location, the nurses, the receptionists, the waiting room, we'll say, so it wasn't very daunting going in there and ringing. And from the second you make the first call to Waterstone, it, it's not false, it's not fake. They were very, very welcoming and very reassuring. Um, what I was shocked at was there was a six-week waiting list to get your first appointment. Right. Um, you, nobody talks about IVF. Nobody tells you they're doing IVF, really. Like, it's kind of this... this still kind of taboo thing. So I expected we'd get an appointment within a week or two. We were actually waiting six weeks for our first appointment. Okay. Um, that brought us to August 2019. Unfortunately for us, it just sped from then. So September, we started our first cycle. That failed. And we went back in November, our second cycle. And fortunately, that was a success. And we have a healthy two-and-a-half-year-old boy. Oh, uh, that's brilliant, Kira. Yeah. Yeah, so he um, he he was the second cycle that it worked. That's fabulous. But yeah. just on the, the public system yesterday as well, when I when I text in was the hidden charges that you were talking about. Like they haven't been made clear what is going to be covered. We paid well. Fortunately, our family helped us. We would have paid up to nine thousand euro all in, but. Mm. So just just the, the the public level of it was 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 free. 
until mm-hmm. you were told that you need this IVF ICSI thing. And, yeah. and then that's as far as the public system can take you. Yeah, she, like, Dr. McLennan was brilliant and she was like, there is, there's nothing else that I can do for you here. I recommend you go private. So, and it was from there on then, because you're already familiar with Waterstones, mm-hmm. you were able to get referred in and it was from that point you started to pay. It's a self-referral, so we just rang oh. to make an appointment. Okay. Um, and luckily, this is the public system, luckily we had all our tests done. So when we went for our first appointment, we went in with all our blood tests, our ultrasounds. And all and that is, because it's all been done in Waterstones facility, it's all done, it's all on their records anyway. It's all on their records and also we, we would have had our own records. She gave us our file Very to say, good. bring this with you. Um, and with Waterstone, you pay for your first consultation, you pay for your IVF, but if your IVF fails, you don't pay the full cycle it depends on what stage you fail but the hidden cost for us would have been the freezing and that's uh, something I think that needs to be asked about the IVF through the public system was is it just yeah is it just a cycle that they're going to cover which is roughly about 5,000 euro or like freezing embryo freezing is like 1,500 Mm. see like sperm freezing is 1,250 Mm-hmm. So we would have, we had five embryos. One was successful, so we have four embryos frozen. But that they only freeze for three years, mm-hmm. so that was a cost of nearly sixteen hundred to freeze for three years. That's in case you want to go again, I suppose. Isn't it? Yeah. So now mm-hmm. we've had to refreeze again for nine hundred euro. But also, my partner would have had the the semen analysis was frozen. That's twelve hundred euro. Oh, as far as the freezing of that is nine hundred euro. So. They're the hidden costs. This is the kind of question that Katrina was talking about yesterday. Mm-hmm. That yes, the money's coming from the public system. It's 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 welcome, very welcome. Ten million, it it'll go some way, but there's no idea yet what'll be available on that. Yeah, will it cover your tests? Because some blood tests are 120 euro. You have ultrasounds; they're 100 euro. Mm-hmm. Males will have to get semen analysis; another 100 euro. Um, and obviously the freezing is the big thing because if you do a cycle and you, like us you would have had more than one embryo retrieved then you have to make the choice do I freeze my other embryos but is that covered under the public is that going to do I have to pay towards it or is there some some levy to help towards it because it's 1600 euro that was just with us but we again we were very fortunate we had family to help us but if we didn't we would have had to make the choice can we afford this if you do go in first year if you do go again which is is difficult but if you go again within the first year again that freezing is obviously the price is reduced because you're not freezing for three years yeah I see so there's a lot to be there's a lot to be considered I'm delighted for you Kira. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you very it all, much. It all worked out. It's a hard old, I'd say it's a stressful old road, is it? It is because, now again, we had family and all our family knew and we were very, very open about it. And I, I've spoken on behalf of Waterstone about our treatment. But that, I think the hardest thing was nobody knows about IVF. Nobody talks about it openly. Yeah, you suggested there a few minutes ago. Just just explore that with me for a minute, if you wouldn't mind. Do you, do you think there's still a something of a taboo about talking about it? I think it's not the taboo about IVF. It's more the taboo about the infertility. Like, even the 
even the public health system clinic that we went to, like all the letters are labelled the infertility clinic. Mm. You're going there for help and they've already labelled it infertility clinic. Uh, and you wouldn't openly talk about, you know, going for semen analysis or we're trying for a baby. The kind of thing is, oh, would you go again? And you're like, I, I, I can't, we can't afford it. Or, you know, we're, we're not able to have a baby and people kind of shy away from when you say that to them. Yeah. Yeah. But with our family, we were very open and they were with us every step of the way. They knew every every step of the cycle. But only close friends knew. I wouldn't have openly said, I'm going through an IVF cycle right now. Yeah, yeah. At least it all worked out really well for you in the end. Kira, thank you. We've learned a lot from talking to you this morning. Really appreciate that. That's Kira who called in yesterday on the back of my conversation with Katrina Fitzpatrick about the cost of IVF and this new publicly funded fertility treatment that is supposed to kick in from September 10 million the government has said they'll spend everyone says that's great that's very welcome but what will we get what will be there will we be able to get a round of IVF what will be paid for Um, because it's expensive and Kira was there just illustrating there is public there are infertility services on the public system, but they stop short of going to AVF. Thank you for that. Very informative. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Remember yesterday's chat with Sarah about retrofitting the house. There's grants supposedly now, supposedly, allegedly, or so we're told. Grants coming out the wazoo to retrofit your house. Don't be kind of believing all that and be careful what you wish for. I have some correspondence to get back to about that, which I will. But Mike, you you were looking at it and and you wouldn't, you'd you'd rather do it yourself than go after after grants. Morning. Good morning. Um, No, well, how we say at at the moment I'm doing up a house on the farm, myself and herself. And we we made it livable. How we say we did half it by ourselves through our own pocket, as much as we could. You know, we we go, we go so far we, for whatever we have in our pocket. Yeah. But like, if you look into the grant system, I look into grant systems. Look, even for grants for farming, I, like look, I'm I am a farmer and stuff. And and look, there's always a catch twenty two when it comes to a grant. Yeah. It's like you, you'll get a grant for a farm building, but yeah, but you have to build it to their specs, specification, which means there's going to be probably extra concrete or extra steel that you wouldn't put in a normal shed. Like it's, it's the problem with the grants. Like like we we look we're, we're looking down at it. We're, we are looking at it at the moment, but things aren't adding up because the price of stuff. Mm. Well, Sarah crazy. said that, Mike. She said when she's a dormer bungalow, yeah. and and she went for it. She went for the one stop shop. She was advised to go to the one shop, one stop shop, and she said truthfully, by the time she's finished with it, she'll be left with a debt, and that even the maximum grant available barely scratches the surface. Yeah, unfortunately, that's the way it's going. Like, no, because the thing is, I I can do most of the stuff myself, but the only thing I'm missing is my is time. I was trying to get time to do it. But the thing is, we, we did our side of the house. Like, I I say I did it for toward the cost. Mm-hmm. But, like, unfortunately, other, some people aren't aren't able, to, aren't able to be in our situation that we could that we can do bit by bit by bit. Yeah. 
but the thing is, with the grants, no matter what, the government are going to win. No matter what way you get it, to, the, like some contractors, not saying all contractors, but some contracts, when you hear the word grant, teaching up goes the money. Yeah, there's that. There's also the thing that, as Sarah explained, yeah. when the house was inspected, for want of a better word, they told her, oh yeah, you'll get the grant, you'll get the maximum grant for get the maximum grant for that, everything, every, maximum grant, so you have a big smile on your face. Then they come back and they say, well, now you're going to have to seal that up and you're going to have to lift that floor and you're going to have to... Blip, 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 blip. And before yeah. you know it, there's loads of expense loaded upon you to get the grant. Oh yeah, because like, we we got to be our sort of our, of my farm cottage now and uh, it, let's just say it's, it's the lowest of the law. Because it's an old cottage, yeah. But, but I'll I'll make it up. I'll I uh, we'll get it we'll get it up to the proper the rating. But what, I do what think. You, what, I mean, using your own expertise, Mike, you'd be, you'd be handy. Yeah. I know that. What would you get it up to? Would you get it up to a C or a B? Perhaps we 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 be scrapping for a C lad because it's, it's a G at the moment. G. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, you'll be putting on your jumper. You move the fire and You'll be putting on the jumper. G, G. <laughs> Rent a bulldozer, by you'd be better off. I just leave the windows open. There'd be no difference, like. But no, but the thing is, like you are saying, you you are. She's absolutely correct because they find something. Oh yeah, that that floor isn't up to standard, or that has to move, and that that's another a grand, or another two grand, another four grand. Like before, you know about it, it's all atop you. Mm-hmm. And then when when it's all done, well, when when it's it has to be done then. And it's, and it's all going to the same source. It's all going to the one-stop shop people. Yes, and the, I, but the thing is, my like the one-stop shop people is like a local any local builders around here. The chances that are to be on the one-stop shop is is, is it would be slim. And you you like to keep business local as well, or like you you could have fellas in from Cork City down into a farm building in the middle, middle of nowhere, and I said they never see a calendar life like. But like that's the that's the, that is the problem. The, the, no matter what the grand, no matter what the government is going to win, they'll, they'll throw grants at you. But there's a catch twenty two. Fair play, Mike. Thanks. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Whatever the grand scheme says, Mike, the government always wins. I think you, you know what. We should get T-shirts printed. We should have T-shirts printed and mugs printed and posters printed. The government always wins. <laughs> Thank you. 0818 96 96 96. Given the labour shortage, they should bring in some kind of certified work and inspection system. That way you could have people you know or relatives to do it. It's true. Uh, come back to some of the correspondence from yesterday. The SEAI meeting last week at the Maldron was talking about one-stop shops. The price assessment... The price assessment, this is, this is to find out how much it might cost to retrofit your house. That costs you 700 quid. The grant is 350. So nah, you have to wait for the grant to go ahead for months and then an 18 months plus to get it done. I just figured they were throwing money out and throwing prices out like it was confetti. It would put you off getting anything done. Remember, PJ, it's the same people pushing heat pumps and all this crack who told us diesel was better for the environment than petrol. At the end of the day, they don't know their arse from their elbow. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. PJ, when I built 
my house over 14 years ago, I was told, yeah, this was a thing. Some of the new systems, some of the new systems, you're not supposed to, not you can't, but you're not supposed to open the windows. And I was saying yesterday, the prospect of a warm June day and not being able to open my doors or my windows to let the outside in, let that lovely summer air into my kitchen and all that. The prospect not being able to do that, I'd rather eat my own eyeballs. But with some of these systems, you're not supposed to do it because when you close all the windows and doors then, your house reverts to its set temperature and click, 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 goes your electricity meter. You're not supposed to do it. Justin says, when I built my house over 14 years ago, I was told under health and safety, as a fire escape, I had to have tilt and turn opening windows upstairs. Is that now, as they say, gone out the window in new bills to save energy? No, I had some work done in 2020 at, at Krugan Towers, and we were, they were very specific, the builders, very specific with the kind of windows we had to have. We absolutely had to have these particular kind of, of windows. But this idea, you know, does anybody have that system in their house who talked to me about what it's like? Um, the idea that you have this temperature management system in the house keeps the temperature at, say, a standard 20 degrees all year round from Christmas Day to the 1st of July, whatever. But that you don't open the windows and doors in, in the summer. Like... How on earth that's going to feel nice? I I, I really don't know. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Yeah, we're not. We haven't talked about the soccer for one reason in particular. I didn't see the match. Um, I'm going mad. I didn't see the match. I was doing a bit of work around the place last evening. I didn't see the match, and it seems to be that the young Irish team gave a great performance, losing just losing 1-0 and almost snatching a draw only for a fantastic save in the, the dying seconds of the match, or the dying minutes of the match, against the World Cup finalists of only a few months ago. It's a fabulous achievement, and you'd hope, you'd hope, in fact, it almost does look as if they're on to something, this young Irish team. You have a lot of very happy soccer listeners this morning. Please, God, they play the same way in Greece. Yeah, it's Greece, isn't it? And Gibraltar back to back in June. One away and one at home. That's right, one in Athens and one here. And people are saying on the back of the performance we saw last night at the Aviva from fabulous young players that you should be going away in the expectation of six points from those two matches. Yeah, that, that seems to be, that seems to be a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Total change of tack. We'll come back to all the other stuff that's on our desk over the next while. Just on the hospitals, uh, we had a call from a paramedic fully on the agreement that we won't identify the paramedic in absolutely no way. Thank you for that. Talking about Mary, that lady's right. We're always saying it when we bring people in that we should be the ones requesting the x-ray for the patient and the x-ray should be done before they even see the doctor. But it doesn't happen that way. Thank you. 0818969696. Is there a sound that gives you the ick? Actually, there's an expression I cannot stand, but it's everybody's favourite one now. Does is there a sound that gives you the ick? A sound you hate, a sound that you happen to avoid, a sound that annoys you and makes you cross. It could be something as simple as me dropping a biro on the on the desk. For some reason, it bothers people more than others, or people chewing or slurping, or like yeah, they're all sort of annoying sounds. You know, sitting next to someone on on the couch or something, or sitting next to someone in the cinema and they're and they're munching on popcorn, and it you know it sounds like a it sounds like a fight down an alley. And you you may be suffering from a thing called misphonia. Yes, it is. Yes, sounds can make you sick. Sounds can actually give you the ick. It's called misophonia. What sound, before I even talk about it, is there a sound you run a mile to avoid? Any sound, doesn't matter how stupid it is, is there a sound you run a mile to avoid? For me, it's the sound of the Kardashians. I do run a mile to avoid. But I'm serious. Next. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Things people have done in your house. Lads, I stayed in an ex-girlfriend's family house, woke up after lots of responsibilities, went to the toilet, fainted and broke the shower door and woke up to her parents staring at me on the ground. (laughs) Guys, we had friends over for dinner. One of them used the upstairs bathroom. She blocked the toilet. Of course, he couldn't unblock it. I I wouldn't leave the bathroom. I would endeavour with every bit of my fibre and being to do it. I'd be on Amazon buying sticks of dynamite. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone has to have a buddy in Dino Rod. Yeah. And just feed that snake thing up through the upstairs window. Imagine yeah. that happening and no one knowing inside the house. This is a whole operation on YouTube. How to unblock toilets. <laughs> Casey and Ross in the morning. You can now order your 231 electric Skoda Enyaq from No DC Cars. Skoda sales dealer of the year. Exclusively Skoda in the city. Courts 96 FM. Yeah, someone biting into an apple 
has come in on the screen. Now, mind you, eating the apple, but someone actually, you know that first lovely bite you take out of a big, juicy apple? That drives some, some people crackers. It is called misphonia. The experts say it's a disorder in which certain sounds trigger emotional or psychological responses that some might perceive as unreasonable. Uh, they might say a sound drives them crazy. That's when you have misphonia. You can't understand why, but the particular sound just goes... Stop it! Laura, what sound makes you go... Stop it! You've already... You haven't even, we haven't even spoken yet, PJ, and you've triggered me. Why? <laughs> it's misophonia. There's an O in there. Okay, okay. Misophonia. Right. <laughs> We're off on the wrong foot. No, I'm only joking. Um, yeah, I know. I mean, it's not exactly some of the most pressing issues that we need to talk about, but uh, it is, yeah, it's an affliction that's quite triggering um, on a day-to-day basis. But uh, How does it affect you? What what noise bothers uh, you? Oh, God. So where would, it, where would you start? Like, we'd be here all day. What time do you finish? 12 o'clock. Um, generally speaking, I suppose, it's not necessarily the eating, as in it's not the eating of an apple. It's it's the saliva and the munching that goes with it that's just yeah it, it like it ignites a fight or flight like I guess like rage goosebumps um, and really? that it's like oh god stop that but obviously you can't do that on a train or in a public place you know but uh, it's just something I suppose you have to just get on with and, and how long has this been been a problem like is it just something that started <laughs> gradually or did you have a bad experience with someone chewing next to you. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was trying to think of that now when um, when Fergal rang me because you know obviously it's kind of like if if somebody tells you a definition of something you're like oh my god I have that and then that gets worse you know so then I get triggered by more and more things as as life moves on so I'm like what, uh, it's kind of the chicken or the egg I don't know when it started like I know I could <laughs> I could go back to my dad eating eating dinner and things like that and enjoying it you know and I remember just like oh it's just so loud or. My husband has an awful lot to put up with. Like the, the way he drinks tea makes me want to jump out the window. Um, just really? like when it's too hot and there's just so much slurping and oh, heavy breathing. And, you know, this when we eat soup or it's like a lot of blowing and breathing and there's just so much going on. And the spoon is clacking off the bowl and I love him, but I want to punch him. You know, it's these sorts of things. Do, 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 do you have to eat in a soundproof room or something? Um, I, uh, sometimes I'd be tempted. Um, like I certainly, we, we can't eat in silence, so there has to be a radio or Spotify or the TV on. Um, and God love her, my poor toddler, I have a three-year-old, and she shouldn't trigger me, but she does, you know, but you can't really tell the child to shut up. Like. Some, and <laughs> someone munching crisps or slurping tea? Yeah, it's more the wet foods that would be, you know, like a, eating a curry and it's slacking around the place or noodles and inhaling spaghetti. Oh, I all love those that. Sorts of like, oh, God. Big no, dirty fork just... full of spaghetti or tagliatelle and like... <laughs> oh, God, yeah, no, no. And like even even TV, do you know, like if you'd be watching Love Island or any of those awful reality shows and they start shifting and they're slacking and slurping and... <laughs> Oh, God, the lips and the tongue and whatever. It's just like, no, big, big, massive no. Yeah, sex, oh, yeah, sex scenes on the telly make you, make, make you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's usually reality TV because, like, the, the movies don't make it as noisy, but the microphone's right up on their chin. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Going in for the kill is just... Sounds like they're trying like, to swallow each other, yes. Yeah, just... 
awful. It's awful. But yeah, so generally things like that, and obviously when people have colds and flus and they're snorting and sniffing and slimming around the place. Oh God, you poor family. I mean, I know, winter, winter I time, they, it's not, I mean, you've, you've small children, snots and snuffles, like, they're all, children are a I, ball of snot and snuffle. I know, and, and, and I, I love her very much, but sometimes I have to just walk away. <laughs> <sighs> so, and it's misophonia. Yeah. It's not just being cranky, like. No, no, it's not. It's it's gen- genuinely. It's um, I get goosebumps. Yeah, like, you, I, you feel I, you feel unwell if there's too much going on. Yeah, oh. it, it's 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 like a fight or flight. It's like a, a burst of rage. Now, obviously, it dissipates and goes away again. But you know, I work in an open plan office, and there's there's a lot of noise there. You know, but I have my headphones ready to go, and usually, you know, if the headphones are on, yeah. I'm irritated and just leave me alone. You see someone <laughs> come. You see someone coming with their, their favorite egg sandwich, and you're diving for oh, the head. Yeah, yeah, and popcorn and the gum and the coffee and yeah, this, this, it's a terrible, terrible you'd, affliction. You'd, you'd never last around me so here because between the between the pint of water and uh, the cup of coffee and the fresh fruit, I'm slurping all morning. Oh God, no, Pete, we, we couldn't, we couldn't be besties. Couldn't. It's troubling then, Laura. It's cheers. You may have to sit on your own to eat. Yeah, do you, does your own eating bother you? Actually, that's funny now. I am seven months pregnant at the moment, and my, I have a thing for noodles during this pregnancy, right. and I trigger, I trigger myself. So when I'm eating them, I'm like, oh, this is disgusting. How the but hell I, do I, you eat noodles without making noise? It's very hard. It's very hard. So it's it's like I don't even know how I'm making myself angry by eating them, but I need them because I want them. So it's a very conflicting emotion. You poor woman. You're giving yourself know, the eat just by eating your yeah. lunch. It's terrible living inside my head, PJ. <laughs> Laura, thank you. Chris Kent. Chris, you were you were talking about this in, in, in one of the comedy clubs you do. What's what's the sound that drives you demented? Good morning. How are you doing, PJ? No, it's um. I was always listening to Laura there. A lot of very um. We have a lot. We share a lot of them, so it mainly would have been eating noises, you know. Wait. Um, oh, under eating noises. Somebody on their computer as well. Uh, like you what, know, the clicking of a computer. Clicking at the computers. If I was doing a bit of writing in the library, and you know, I always have to be kind of listening to a bit of background music in my headphones. Um. The clanking of the cutlery as well. If someone's being overly mad, you know, in a restaurant and someone, I think, oh, yeah. is just being... Come back to the computer, like, though. I mean, you've got to write your own material. So how do you type? I, I write on a piece of paper. So do you? I, I wouldn't bother me if I was doing it myself anyway. And thankfully, my own eating noises don't bother me. Um, I've I've had it for a very long time and it's it's gone up and down. You know, it's been... It, it's worse when you're stressed or when you're tired. Um... It, it can be way more prevalent when you haven't had a good night's sleep or something like that. You can be triggered, like Laura said, they are very, very easily. Um, but I've kind of learned how to deal with it down through the years. A lot of the time it would be with listening to the radio when we're having dinner or something like that. Or, um, you know what I mean? Like like I said, in the, in the library, I, have, I always have my headphones in and just have sure. a bit of ambient music or something sure. when I'm doing a bit of writing. Okay, and it does like it. It's the, the reaction is what is it? Physical reaction? Is it a? Is it anger yeah. or is it upset? It's stress? Kind of a, it's it's a fight or flight, like Laura said there. But it's also like uncontrollable. You, you don't want to feel this way about these people. Like you know, I mean, like my wife now. I 
I feel bad on how she has to feel. Um, and it's definitely gotten better over the years since I've used all these coping mechanisms and stuff, but I can't stress that enough. It's an uncontrollable rage that builds up inside you as a reaction to some of these noises, and you have oh. to be careful because... Yeah. These are simple everyday sounds, like. These are simple everyday sounds, but some people can't leave the house. They have it so badly. They pick up more and more and more triggers. Yeah. And There's one after coming in now, the indicator, the click of the indicator in the car. Yeah, I, that doesn't bother me, but I can see how someone would pick it up as a trigger, like, you know. Wow. Um, there's a website, there's loads of help, but it, it also says not to read too many of the triggers because you could pick up more triggers. That's how, that's you how suggest it to yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, <laughs> but it's mainly eating noises. I think I picked it up as a kid. I think my dad had a touch of it. And I remember I used to annoy him eating. And then I sort of, um, I sort of picked it up and all of a sudden I had it then. And I was, I found myself getting up early to put milk on my brother's cereal. I was obsessed with eating noises and um, the more, it's, 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 it's the one thing, the more you try and make it go away, the more you seem to focus on you it. Because people enough. have to eat, and you have to eat Absolutely. yourself. Yeah. Come here, Absolutely. Chris, while I have you, and I only have a minute or two, you're back, you have an event coming up at, at Sea Church in April. Looks yeah. like a humdinger. Alter Ego, Absolutely. tell me in one minute. Yes, it's the Alter Ego's comedy recording. It's um, it's going to be a special recording for a TV show down in Ballycotton in Sea Church, and uh, it's going to be an amazing lineup. There's going to be... Brilliant comedians every night. We've got Gerard Farley, Eleanor Tiernan, Andrew Ryan, Cornelius Patrick O'Sullivan, Sinead Quinlan, just to name a few. Um, you've you've, you've got that rapscallion brown. I have Ras Brown as well, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, we've, lo- we've loads of comics. We've loads of comics every night, and it's going to be it's going to be brilliant. It's kind of like an other voices type of thing, you know, that music show, but, but for, for comedians, comedians you may not have seen on the TV before, but um, I'm really looking forward and it's to made that. Into, it's made into a series, is it? It's going to be made into a series, yeah. We're, we're recording over three nights down in Ballycotton. Um, if, if you buy a ticket, you're kind of getting tickets to two shows, really. We're kind of recording two shows back-to-back, you know? That so sounds like a lot of fun. I love fun. myself in every show. Um, just just before I go, though, could I recommend a book that might help people with myself? Go ahead. Okay, there's a there's a book, uh, and if you Google it, it's called How I Got Over My Sound Sensitivity by a guy called Joey Loss, and it really helped me to um, get over it down through the years. Um, it's all about being in the present moment because it kind of stems from something that happened in the past. So if you can bring yourself into the present moment. Typing that name into Amazon to, to buy yeah. it would, would trigger yeah. you anyway. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get someone else to type it for you. But, uh, <laughs> All right. it, 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 it genuinely helps and pe- people who don't have it will never really understand but it's a, it's a, it's a horrible thing to have like you know okay. alright thanks for that Chris and Laura there's another fear that's out there called a fear of holes no I, I kid you not it has a name too trypophobia fear of holes holes PJ holes in a minute in a minute Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. The minds are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96 FM.
Instagram. Yeah, it seems any soccer writer, commentator, analyst that you read or hear or or take interest in this morning is saying that Stephen Kenny and this young team played out of their socks last night and really deserve credit for how they held up against the second best team in the world and that a lot of people who would know football far better than me and maybe far better than you, I don't know would say that he's on to something with this young group of players and that's not saying we'll qualify for the Euros but that looking at the qualification series over the next while there's a possibility we can be in there with, with a solid shout if he can get the performances out of them at the various games. That's great. That's that's fabulous. And some super young players. That lad Evan Ferguson, really impressive. And that the young lad who used to play for it, he played for City at one time. Is it Chidozi? He played for City at one time. And that lad Nathan Collins, that was a wonder strike last night and a wonder goal, a wonder save from the French goalie. So onto something with that soccer team we'll be watching them with interest anyway 0818 96 96 96 on sounds that drive you mad that give you the ick I, I I have said it I hate everyone says it now they give me the ick I hate that expression but it's it's out there it's in common I guess when we were young we had said to give you the pip the pip was the kind of the the older version of the ick uh, yeah, John says, "What gives me the ick is the sound of a radio presenter professing to hate buzzwords like ick and then using it himself, therefore propagating the use of such idiotic nonsense." Ah, John, you're a ray of sunshine on a dirty, damp, dreary morning. Thank you. Oh, eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Loads of other ones that give people the shivers as well. But then there's another fear. Sarah, if, if I was to give you a Marietta biscuit sandwich and a cappuccino, you'd be right likely to run away from me. Why? 100%. I'd, like, nearly gawk. Why? <laughs> Very bad. Um, I just have a severe aversion to small holes, little dots, um, strawberries set me off, the little seeds on a strawberry, pomegranates. Um, the first time I ever realized I had this or I suppose that my mom noticed I had this triple phobia um, they call I it was, yeah and it is a recognized condition yeah. <laughs> but um, I yeah I, I I think I was about six or seven when uh, they discovered I had it um, because my granddad in the UK um, made me a crumpet right. and I physically vomited at the sight of the crumpet <laughs> okay Right. Yeah. Uh, to this day, can't look at them. Um, I remember my mom got gifted a bunch of flowers at Christmas time, and there was a lotus pod, a dried out lotus pod, um, in the bunch of flowers. Yeah. And uh, even talking about it now, I'm like breaking out goosebumps. Um, really? That <laughs> set me off. You know um, the way people make been... holes in the top of an apple tart with a fork. Yeah. That would, that's not too bad, no. Um, it's more kind of like, like if you, were, if you were frying a pancake now in a little hole, like a crepe, and mm. if the little holes appeared or like an omelette, uh, that makes me... Um, the little crazy. bubbles. Uh, yeah. Um, mm. A cappuccino. Can't look at a cappuccino. I'd have to get a lid on a cappuccino. I wouldn't be able to, or else I'd have to stir it a lot and just not look at it if I got it in a cup. Um... 
Loads of things. I'm trying to think. Sponges. Pick up, pick up uh, the phone, right? You see the handset at the phone. No, I'm. I know, I know, I know, and I'm well aware of that. And I just don't look at it when I do it, and I don't think about it. <laughs> Thankfully, in my office we have a mobile phone, and I have my own mobile phone, and I don't have a house phone, so I avoid that. Um, right for now. So there's holes uh, everywhere, Sarah. Yeah, yeah. Um, if there was Twister laid out at a kids' party, you know, uh, the little circles on the floor, they'd set me off for um, right. tablets. In a in a packet, you know, if there was about ten rows of little circular tablets, yeah. <laughs> and what about a grill? Like, you know, a, a grill. Yeah, do you know, like, um, the, the, mm. you know what I mean? No, no, air filter or something no, on your no, cooker or no, whatever. No, 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 they, no, 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 they wouldn't because you you can kind of no. Uh, there was a very weird one recently. I had a friend of mine went to Harrods, and um, there was a designer took over Harrods. And part of their campaign was to cover Harrods from head to toe in multicolored spots. And she sent me videos of it. And it's like, does this trigger you? And I could barely open the video. <laughs> and then I saw campaigns for it everywhere. Head to toe, Harrods was covered in multicolored little dots. And if I had gone to Harrods that weekend, I probably would have violently gotten sick all over Harrods. <laughs> Sponges? You can't use a sponge, can you? Yeah, no, hate sponges, can't. And if I if I did have to have to use one in the kitchen or something, I'd have to wear gloves and I just don't look at what I'm doing. Crikey. Yeah. That's an odd one. That's yeah. a really yeah. odd. And it can make you nauseous. I, yeah, I, I literally know my mouth is full enough talking about it, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, it makes me really like, just like feel woozy. Like it's Whoa. just... Yeah, there's certain plants. As well Must as be very difficult for a game. woman with makeup uh, things to be taken on and off makeup, like sponges. And yeah, like I suppose I kind of use like creams and baby wipes and stuff, so I managed to avoid it. But like, there would be certain things, like if there was um, like bubbles at the top of certain things or something. Now, actual bubbles floating around the place don't bother me at all, weirdly enough. And I think it's because they pop yeah. quite quickly, okay. so they're not yeah. there when you're looking at them. Um, but yeah, the foam inside not a cushion. Too bad now. Um, that it's not too bad now because I don't think of it because I can't see it. You know. Oh uh, yes. Um, so you have to see them no, it's, rather than know they're there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if people like, if you search um, trypophobia or trypophobia um, on Google, the images that come up there, like, oh my god, very very bad. There's a specific one. I remember when I was in college and people found out about this. They um, printed off the photos um, and covered a blackboard in the photos so that when I walked in, I saw it and they were all laughing at my reaction. But again, had to run to the bathroom. It's a physical response. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's only certain things like the lotus pods now are very bad and like a pomegranate. Um, like a full strawberry now would be quite bad, but like if I got someone else to chop it up for me now. Okay, a full, like yeah, those, those lovely sugar. big strawberries that are in the fruit shop. So mm. that, that that really and and pomegranates. I love pomegranates. Yeah, um, no. No. Where, where does it start? Where do you start it? Where do you think it came from? The crumpet, I think. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I really couldn't tell you if I'm honest. Um, I, I genuinely—that's the earliest memory I have of feeling physically like repulsed and having an aversion to them. You know, mm. um, that's kind of my earliest memory of it. My parents don't have it, 
Um, they don't. They like think it's just a bit mad, I suppose. Um, <laughs> they 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 always knew I had it though, and like my mom would say, "Oh, that'll set her off." Now we better, you know, if there was something. Well, it's easy like, to understand. Yeah, they completely understand. Um, and actually, I was laughing there listening about the misophobia because I definitely have a touch of that as well. Um, because clocks drive me insane. <laughs> well, I was just thinking, you poor woman, you can't eat an arrow. <laughs> I hate arrows. Yes. <laughs> When you said that there, now my heart pounded. Or yeah, a whisper. Can't. No, no. Now, I like whispers. They're not too bad. They're not as bubbly. The tiny, as arrows, tiny holes. But yeah, like, but yeah, but the mint arrow, because it's green and they're like really bright coloured and you can see the little bubbles. Oh my God. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very limited chocolate supply in your house. Sarah, thank you. A fear of small holes. Trypophobia. Small holes, big holes, any kind of a hole. Not the Sarah's online too. Any kind of a hole, Sarah. Morning. Good morning. How are you? Hi. You're afraid of holes in general. In general, yeah, uh, yeah. The, I, I, well, I know where it started from, but um, yeah. Say if I have to go into a mechanic and drive over a pace, I can't do it. I, I physically panic. Like I just can't look into it. Same with graves. I can't stand too near a grave. Nah, uh, no. <laughs> What, where did it start? Uh, the, I remember years ago I was out with uh, tactics and we were to jump over this dike, but whatever happened anyway, I fell on my back. And because I had my backpack on the back, I couldn't move and I felt as if I was in a grave. I just, I could not move and I just panicked. And ever since then, no, can't, can't do... Pits or anything, and when I was, was a this, kid, I used. Was this, I used was this to be, an army maneuver or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you were in the army, okay, okay. So, um, yeah, the, like when I was a kid, I used to spend time down the pit with my dad tinkering away with cars and everything like that. There was no issue, but yeah, ever since then, I know just terrified. It's a fear I, you're going to fall in. Y- yeah. Like just if you, if you, if you came across terror, a, an like. open manhole, for example, or. Oh, I couldn't couldn't look into us. Really? Could not. Yeah. Or, and would it have to be a hole that's big enough to, to for you to find, like a drain? If someone took the top off a drain. Oh, the, any any kind of a hole. It doesn't matter what size it is. If your foot can go into it, no. <laughs> that's a weird. That is a weird. Yeah. That is a weird one, Sarah. Thank you for that. Strange fears and phobias, Angela. Hi, PJ. How are you? The sounds. A dripping tap. No, I'm oh not a fan. I'm not a fan. I must say. I'm not either, PJ. Just the drip, drip, drip. It just drives me crazy. Or the tap being left on, not, not to a full power, but just even a little bit. Oh, mm. my goodness me. It brings that rage inside me or something that I, I just love to get a hammer and just bang it off. And with the drip to me, I, I, it, it annoys me, but for another reason, would you not just turn the flipping thing off? That's what I say to my family. I say, when you're using the tap, just please turn it off. Or don't leave it dripping, or don't leave it running, or because it drives me absolutely crazy. And you know the Even when you, you get out of a shower, Angela, yeah. and there's yeah. always a few drips come out of the shower at the end of it. Would that? Oh, that would drive me insane, PJ. I can't, couldn't stick that in a way. Don't know. Where's no. it from? Where'd it come from? Is it? Is it? You're conscious of wasting water or what? No, 
No, I think I I always in life growing up, PJ, had a fear of fire and water. You know? Yeah. And the fear of water, I don't know where the fear of fire came from, to be honest. But I think we all fear kind of, of have that. That's a kind of built into us. It's in, yeah. But the fear of water, I think, came from when I went swimming with my sister and just in an inner inside pool. And she put me under the water and I couldn't get up. Yeah. So I have that fear of just water and fire. Right. And this dripping sensation, oh my goodness, it drives me crazy. And is it the sound of it landing or the fact that it's actually happening at all? It's, uh, it's happening. When it's happening, it just drives me crazy. And when I hear it dripping into the sink, I get that awful feeling in my stomach. I just say, oh my God, would somebody ever just turn it off? I nearly have to, I, like I could be in the sitting room and somebody left the top out in the kitchen. I would hear that. Hmm. Yeah, and my daughter's the same. And would you, you, just, you're not afraid to go near it and turn it off like? Oh, no? God, no. No, no, no. I'd gladly turn it off, PJ. The sound <laughs> it, of a dripping tap. Oh, it drives me mental, honestly. <laughs> right, Angela, thank you. Let's get the most, this could go anywhere, an unusual one. The sound that I would never think of. I think we have a good contender here. Church bells, Michelle? Oh, no, that's, that's the... Three, I'll go get to the Michelle in a second. A dentist drill and a fear of going on the phone. So are you a bit nervous now? Yeah, kind of. But I, I, I'll overcome it. We, <laughs> so where will I start? The dentist drill. Well, none of us like that. Yeah, I think I'm actually... As I got older, I'm better with that because I kind of do some coping mechanisms. But, um, like, even the sound of, like... What that lady said earlier about eating, I remember long ago, like, working in a crash, and you'd hear the morning, nom, nom, nom. <laughs> and it was grand then, because I was like, oh, they're happy, they're quiet for a while. And then when I had my own kids, I couldn't cope with it at all. Yeah. Yeah, but the, like, even, I mean, <laughs> nervous now, because he got me on the phone again after, like, years. <laughs> but, like, even there's a song, James Bay, Let It Go, when it comes on, Anyone that knows me, it's like my, I like go psychotic. I change from D to the devil in seconds. And like, I I try to... What did poor James Bay ever do to you? Nothing. And he's a beautiful voice. I love his other song, Hold Him Back the Rivers. But that one, not... I think it's like some some of the sounds, like the intro and like the use of the word suffering from illusions puts me over the edge completely. Mm-hmm. Mm. So the intro, the actual intro to a There's song. There's some parts of it that's mm. repeated that I mm. I find it extremely depressing and horrible. <laughs> it just <laughs> it makes me all anxious. And I'm sure you will know about it because any time it's played, let it be Lorraine, anyone, I'm like, I can't stand that song. <laughs> <laughs> Your daughter has an unusual one. Now, I can't imagine how you'd live, as someone who loves his egg for breakfast... Oh, yeah, she's really bad. I think she's informed me it's called ovophobia, like the Irish word for egg. But what happened was when she went on, like, she's a really bad traveller. And they went on a school tour, I think, third, four class. They were only halfway down the road and she had to be moved up to the front. And the girl that sat next to her, God help us, had a googly, sensible, healthy egg in her lunchbox and put my one completely over the edge. And ever since, she's like can't stand the smell even though she like would know she's eating it in a cake but it's funny when she was like nine months old 
first time I took her to a restaurant, gave her like scrambled egg, and she projectile vomited that anyway, disgraced us all over the table. So, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and even butterflies, I'm really bad with butterflies as well. Yeah, shocking. And like, I think it's because, well, apparently my mom said when she was, um, like, she would have had five kids back in the day. And uh, she she had a massive um, hemorrhage on one of us, and she had really bad hallucinations of butterflies. So okay. I'm putting that one down to that. God, I love butterflies. I love, I love, I love them from a distance, but don't don't but come it, near me. All right, yeah. That, that, we were mind you, we were in the in the kitchen the other morning, and I was just sitting fluting around on the phone, and um, the wife let her roar out of her. Ah! <laughs> Kill that thing! What was and the most it? gorgeous, beautiful bumblebee. Now, he was the size of a glacielli. A nice. bumblebee? Oh, my God. But it's probably, no, I, I, I would be teeny bit terrified as well. Oh, no, I just said, I, she said, kill him. I said, I'm not killing that thing. And I opened the door no, and I, I waved him out of the towel. Yeah. Well, you're getting no nice honey now. So she just felt it other way. No, no, no. He, he, no. <laughs> he doesn't make the honey, at least. I'd be, I'd be more worried about who was he. I would... Loser. Yeah, I, I don't, don't, I don't yeah. like wazzies. I don't like wazzies. But a bumblebee is a harmless poor thing. Actually, it's funny. My daughter as well, her bumblebees, or her fear of bees started from watching, um, is it my girl long ago? And with the, with the, was it one of the poor boys passed away from it? So The little she, film with the two kids in it, was it? Yeah. That used to jump off the bridge. That was my uh, girl. My girl, yeah. And I think, unfortunately, one of them passed away. I think there's something to do with an anaphylactic shock. So ever since she's like, if she had a T-shirt on with, like, flowers on it or something, she'd say, oh, the bees were coming together. But I reckon that movie made her feel kind of sad. Weird. All right. But eggs, is, that's that's a tough one to live with. Thanks, Dee. Oh, eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six, And she overcame her fear of being on the phone to talk to me. Now, Michelle, I was going to go here while I go, church bells of all things. Yeah, they freaked me out completely. Why? I don't know. Um... I don't know, I just get this horrible feeling over me. They always remind me of death or something like that. It just freaks me out. I don't know, I hate them. But I also hate, like, you know, kicking off clocks. Um, somebody biting an apple drives me absolutely spare. Really? Um, and somebody, when they're eating, when they bite the fork, when they're putting the food in their mouth, oh my God, yeah. I just want to slap the head off them, I swear to God. Open, um, open-mounted chomping. That gets to me a bit, all right. Do you know the way they take the bite out of the apple? <laughs> and the know, mouth is open. It's just the crunch. Like, I mean, my dad was horrific years ago. Like, oh, my God. Like, he was just... <laughs> his tea. And then he'd eat with his mouth open and we'd all be sitting there looking at each other, fuming. Like, oh, my God. see what's going on. Like, they're watching a tumble <laughs> Oh, Christ. It was horrific. But, um, yeah, I just thought, you know, when people are eating and they bite the fork when they put the food in their mouth? Oh, my God. That yeah. just drives me mental. Well, no, I could... I could I, the thought there's a the thing the thought of accidentally biting the fork in my yeah, own mouth yeah I know <laughs> it's, it's, it's just horrible but uh, yeah church bells just freak me out completely so if I'm in the car and I hear church bells I have to put the music up completely loud or if I'm walking I have to right. put my fingers on my ears and oh that is like an ordinary thing like a clock like a clock striking the hour in the church no? yeah just, just a bing bing you know that, that you, oh, you, must, you must run a mile from the Angelus so do you when I don't put on the Angelus, I just, I, I just can't. I just have to turn the television off. I yeah, but if, the t- oh. if, if, if you're walking around at midday and some church starts the Angelus, you're running for cover, yeah? 
Well, I put my fingers in my ears and I try to sing or something like that. I just, I don't want to take the Mickey. You can, I can see you now outside, say, talk or church, right? At midday, yeah. going, la, 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 la. Yeah, yeah, sing it away. Yeah. <laughs> Michelle, great. Thank you. Good, All right. Good call. 0818 There's a list of them here. People talking loudly in restaurants or beyond their phones. Bloody yapping dogs. Balloons scraping together. There was someone I knew, I can't remember who it was. There was someone I knew who that that sound of two balloons rubbing off each other used to drive them demented. Can't stand listening to a nail file being used or cutlery scraping against the plate, says Mary. Yeah. That would be a thing with me. We used to have a lovely set of bowls. Someone gave them to us as a wedding present, or was it an anniversary present? One of the two. And they had this lovely surface on them, but I could not eat out of them. Could not. I can't. This is just me here. I can't eat out of a bowl that doesn't have a, a kind of a shiny, enamely surface. These sort of dry, slaty types are, or can't eat out of them. I call them scropey bowls. We, we, it's a great fun in my house. I'd take a bowl out of the dishwasher and I'd wash it by hand rather than eat off a scropey plate or a scropey bowl. I just had to get rid of them all in the end. The iPhone alarm or ringtone, I run a mile from it, says Aaron. I got it from my army training, hearing that every day at five in the morning for seven months. <laughs> Anyone munching too loudly, the scraping of a knife or fork off a plate drives Alison crackers. Bagpipes. Oh, yeah. They feel, make me feel nauseous. Really? I must say... One of the worst hangovers of my life. I was in Killarney in a hotel. And we'd done the dog in it now, to be very honest. We had done the dog in it. And I was going around Killarney on a Sunday morning as sick as a small hospital ward. Just, and I'm, be honest here, waiting for a pub to open so I guess a cure. It was that bad. And this fella started playing bagpipes in the high street in Killarney and that I did not physically go and wrap them around his neck I will never do it to anybody holes again says Sarah and Laura who was on my go she was back on to say people who make encouraging noises while they're feeding their kids oh yeah mmm here comes the airplane mmm open wide mmm yeah you do you want to slap them don't you you really do. The end of a butternut squash and the smell of it, says Ashling, and the feel of a sponge. Ticking clock, says Cara. Two wet fabrics rubbing off each other. Jeans being wiped with a red with a wet tito. Does that make does that make a sound, Andrea? The wooden stick of the ice cream. <laughs> the thoughts of touching of me tongue. It's gross, says Marion. There's pages of them. Pages. Oh eight one eight. 96, 96, 96. Oh, when people, yes, Bernie, yes, when people eat on their, on the, on, when they're on the phone to you. Oh, that, yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah, that's great. I'm, uh, uh, I'm yes, yes, Bernie, yes. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 Win a pair of Apple AirPods with Cork's 96FM. Just take our 10-minute music survey and you're in the draw. Tell us the tunes you'd listen to on repeat and what songs we should delete. Win your very own Apple AirPods. Give it a go right now. Find the link on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Or 
96fm.ie. Come back to the story of the eviction ban in a while. Neve, uh, bear with me there. Neve's in a very, very difficult situation um, with, with regards to the eviction ban. I'm going to catch up with some correspondence before I go to that and return to car thefts which we've done a lot on in the last few days. The stealing and burning of cars is nothing new in Mahan or parts of the north side. I spent 30 years in Cork City Fire Brigade. We were run ragged by scumbags taking and burning cars. That from Mick yesterday. My cousin's car was stolen three weeks ago. She had triplets and they burnt the car out. Her new triple buggy was in it. She got the money back for the car, but not all the stuff in it. She's in the Wilton Toker area. Just let everyone know there's a car thief in the Ring Mahan Road area night after night. I woke up to the sound of my car alarm going off, went down to see it being pulled out of the driveway, ran out and dragged the guy out of the car before he was gone. This was on Meadow Grove Estate. Thanks for that. Kate wonders why they can't set up a sting operation. I know it's legally difficult, but it's not impossible and surely someday there'll be a tragedy over this, which a lot of people are saying that, Kate. Thank you. This then in from Laura, it's an email to opinion at 96fm.ie. My car was taken from my driveway in February after they had failed to rob it two days before. It was a Toyota Vitz, same fellas as your callers. I saw my car on TikTok, it was found but not drivable anymore. The insurance company paid out half, a salvage company paid the rest. They've now just seen my car on done deal ready to be sold again. My God. No mention of immobiliser. I'm disgusted. I've not had an update from the guards either. I was told that nothing can be done. I wonder would any motor dealers talk to your show and explain why they don't tell people about not having the immobiliser in the car. If I'd known this, I would have gone with a different car or got one installed. Was it Chris was his name on it? Great Island Motors was saying all of their Japanese imports have an immobiliser which they put into them themselves now you heard Bob Flavin on the show the TikTok motoring guy uh, talking about that that they come in without an immobiliser it's just a Japanese thing they come in without an immobiliser lots of places can fit them you can put in things like dead switches yourself but you're best to get these things done by mechanics and experts in garages well thank you for that Laura Laura's car was robbed deemed to be not drivable insurance company paid out a salvage company took it away and now it's on done deal ready to be sold again that's that's crazy 0818 96 96 96 right thank you for holding Neve. let's go back to the eviction ban and the real people at the heart of the eviction ban um, Neve is is one of them and you're in a, in a difficult enough situation Neve. T- tell me about where you live in morning um, so I've lived in this house, the current house now, um, going on 11 years in May. Um, I've had three landlords in the time that I've lived in the house for 11 years. Mm. My landlord now, she bought the house a year ago. Um, and when she bought the house, her intention was then that um, her son would eventually move in here. Okay. So that was okay. Um and it just kind of took from there, like, she gave us our Vichinolis last year, uh, which was fine. Um, we just got on the wagon, looked on Daft and your usual places looking for, for places to rent. Mm. Um, I wanted to stay here myself. Um, my kids go to school here. 
were here 11 years, were well settled and I work in the community as well myself. Mm-hmm. When do you have to be out? The 1st of April. Saturday? Yeah. Can you go? Are you, are you going supposedly, to go? Supposedly, I have nowhere to go. If I have to go anywhere, I have to present myself to a guard station with my five children. I will have to sleep in a guard station every evening. I will have to leave during the day. I will not have any shower facilities, cooking facilities, nothing. My kids have never known anything but sleep in a bed and have a house over, a roof over their head. So I'm not going to do it to them, PJ. Have you been to the housing services yet or have you I'm in the process of filling out county council forms um, I have never been allowed for years because we were always over the threshold of money mm. which is another fair because everybody in this country should be entitled to put their name down on city council or Cork county li- list yes because yeah. that's discrimination because you go out the door to work and earn money and pay tax in this country you're not entitled to anything. Mm-hmm. That's what they tell you. Every time you go to the door to work, every morning, and you hand your kids over to childcare for them to pay them to mind your kids as well, and you go out and pay tax, you're being told every day you're not entitled to anything. Yeah. You're not entitled to a medical card. You're not entitled to free housing. You're not entitled to help with your bills every week. You're not entitled to bonuses here, there, and everywhere. Squeeze middle. Exactly. I am I am the piggy in the middle and I cannot catch the ball floating in the air ever. Every time I just have my fingers on that ball, it goes up a little bit further. Yeah. You don't want to overhold, that's what they call it, you don't want to overhold on the house. Oh God, no. You're, no, you're... My, my landlord, that's been a lovely woman. Yeah, like there's certain politicians up and down the country opposition politicians have been telling the likes of you don't leave. Is that even crossing your mind? Oh it is yeah, yeah. Like I will as you've often said don't ever do anything to anybody's kids because the mother will be on you. Mommy bear, yeah. Mommy bear and this is this situation and the government are making my kids homeless the government not my landlord my government and unfortunately this is a war this is a housing crisis war that we're in and in wars people get hurt and unfortunately my kids are not going to be hurt I'm going to be hurt I'm hurt every day that I get up out of the bed Yeah. Um, my landlord is going to be hurt like you can see her point of view her son needs the house. She yeah. wants to give it to him. It's her property she's entitled yeah. to. Mm-hmm. You don't have a problem with that. Oh no. It's it's no. where it's where am I going to go now? Where are my yeah. children going to go now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that and that is it now. In saying that as well, PJ, her son has somewhere to stay. You know, he can stay at home with his mum. You know? When she bought this house, she bought this house with tenants in Stoop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, at the end of the day, there's a lot of open scopes and red tape through tenancies and renting and everything else. The government for years throw it out there, we've done this and we've done that and we've done this for the renters. They've done nothing. I have no legal rights whatsoever in this country to have any housing over my head or my kids' heads. 
And are you going to present yourself, or are you rather willing to present yourself at the local guard station and say, put me up? Not a chance. Not a chance. Now, because you said earlier, it's a possibility that you might have to consider, but you, you're you're not going to do that. No, I wouldn't do it to my kids. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd go there myself. So, so if... First of April, Saturday, come and if you find yourself with your bag and baggage hanging to you, what are you going to do? Well, see, this procedure then as well, you see, for overholding with the PRTB board, so she'll have to go and get a court order for an eviction to stand up through a court order. So this eviction that I have been given, it is a legal binding document, but it's not standing over that she can come and change the locks in the door and have the city sheriff or the county sheriff come to my door and say, here's a roll of black bags, start packing, you need to go now. So, so you've made a decision <laughs> now, and I think you're anxious to stress, Neve. this isn't personal. You, you've great no. time for your landlord. You, mm-hmm. you, you know, you've been a good tenant, she'd been a good landlord. You're just saying, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. No, it, it, it boils down to it, it boils down to a black and white situation at the moment, where if I go, my teenage daughter that's fifteen, I have a son that's eleven, I have another daughter that's ten, I have a three-year-old, and I have a six-month-old, and I work full time. Make sure I get that out there to people. I do not sit at home all day long on my butt. I'm not bringing them down to a guard station. Mm. They've only ever known to sleep in beds, in their bedrooms, with their posters and their stickers on their walls, and laying down in bed at night time on their phones and colouring and a toy room. I have a toy room here, PJ, that is like to the ceiling with toys. It's every child's dream to walk into my toy room. May I ask if you have any family who might be able to help out with this situation? I have my mum. My mum is great. But my brother lives with my mum. And if I was to move back into that house, it would be completely overcrowded. And then I will have to move my kids' school. I will have to leave my job. Then I won't be working. So I will have to claim some form of social welfare payments or whatever. And I'm not that type of person. You know, I have my own. I, I, I and I don't. I, I don't drive. Well, I actually only started driving, um, but I wouldn't be competent enough to be able to get up every morning and go from the city to bring my kids back to school. Have you a a partner that could help? <laughs> yeah, but he works full time. He's gone at seven in the morning, and he's not back till six and seven in the evening. You know, <laughs> the government need to do more. Like, if I was on a county council list. And I was able to get a council house, like a lot of people I know, and be in that council house. To what I earn is what I should pay back to the council. So somebody that's on social welfare payments, on disability or anything like that, and they have very minimal amount of income coming in. They pay the minimum. But whereas myself, that I go out the door and work and I pay tax and everything else, I should be able to pay the higher end rental income. Would that not bring more money back into council? You know? You're in a difficult situation. You don't need me to tell you that refusing to leave could be legally difficult for you, but you're prepared to take that risk? At the moment, yes. 
I hope that something changes before the weekend. Me too. And not for me, for my kids. Yeah. And for all the other kids that are going through this at the moment because yeah. it's not fair on them. They only have us to, to protect them. And if we can't protect them as moms and dads, who do they have? Have you someone to look after you right now while before we finish up? No, I'm okay. Are you sure? Yeah. Oh. I just put it back on the, the smiley face. Okay. <laughs> you take care, girl. All right? Thanks very much, PJ. Thanks a million for listening to me. Ah, listen, that's what we're for here. That's reality. I don't care what your politics are. Don't give a tuppenny curse for your politics. But that's that's a real story from a real person with real children. She's a great woman, says Kate. The landlady should should hold on to her. See, the landlady's in a difficult situation too. She wants to give the house to her son. It's, it's all so blasted complicated. It's so bloody complicated. Thank you, Neve. I wish you well. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. A bit to do before we pack it in today. A bit of a good reaction to, to Neve. I'll bring you some of those when we have them on screen or maybe hold them till tomorrow because we're busy. This happened last week. But we've been trying to get to it for a few days. We're just busy, busy, busy here, which is great. Brian Corcoran is a senior committee member at Rockmount Football Club, of course, childhood club of one Roy Keane. And he came back to Cork last week, went to Rockmount, went to Cove Ramblers, bought Gary Neville and Jamie Carraher with them. And typical of Roy, snuck in and snuck out without much fanfare until afterwards. Brian, some afternoon at Rockmount, though, was it? Morning. Yeah, PJ, uh, I suppose, uh, unless you've been in Planet Mars for the last few days, um, everybody saw the pictures on social media and um, it's, it's blown up on social media. It's been great exposure for the club. And um, yeah, uh, Roy brought Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville out. Um, I suppose the film production company got onto our treasurer, Dickie Courtney, a couple of months ago. And um, we were told to keep a hush-hush because we were limited in the numbers that we could have out there because they were filming... Um, series for the overlap so um, unfortunately we couldn't tell anyone even though we were very excited about it but um, you know uh, it was it great for the club yeah look it, it's having a great time because we're coming towards the end of the season and we have an intermediate cup final on the 23rd of April against Cockle Celtic we recently launched our girls academy so it's kind of given us a fresh impetus now mm. to drive on towards the end of the season but um no, the, the, the lads were brilliant when they came out. As I said, the hardest part about it was keeping it a secret because, as you know, if the war got out there, yeah. <laughs> there would have been hundreds of people how, outside how the gate. Get, how do you get to select, Brian, who's there to meet them, though? Uh, yeah, that, that, that was a tough one, and we've got a bit of slack afterwards since. But, um, look, we, look we, there was no easy decision to be made. We just had to pick the, the people we thought, I, I suppose, deserved to be there. There was probably a, a couple of people that we could have invited and it was a very hard decision but look we did our best with the numbers that we had and I suppose that's all we could do really PJ you know isn't it I think there's something very lovable about Roy despite you know he's he's hard as nails but there's something very lovable about him that he'll go back to his childhood club 
Yeah, you look, know. we're not surprised by it because, you know, he's been brilliant to Rockmont over the years and, like, he's never forgotten where he's coming from and I think most people recognise that and um, it was just, like, we're used to Mountain Rockmont Park you now. A few of the lads would be very close to him, the likes of Derek Clark and Billy Cronin and our, our chairman, John DeLay. But, like, when he comes out to Rockmont Park, I think he likes going out there because... People slag him as much as he oh, slags oh, them, right. and right. he's, yeah. yeah, he's just one I, of the I'm lads. T- and I'm told, no actor, Brian, that when you're yeah. playing, I'm told that if he if if he happens to be around when you're playing a game, he just stroll in like any other punter and watch the match. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, I do the gate sometimes with Derek Murphy, and we we charge him to come in, and there's <laughs> there's no favours given, you know. So and. Uh, um, yeah, he's he's just like he's just like one of the lads out there, and even even when the lads left the last day, uh, Jamie Carragher and and um, Gary Neville, he stuck around and stayed with us for another hour and he had a cup of tea and we had a bit of banter and there was a bit of slagging and I suppose that's where he's at his most comfortable. There's no, you know, he's not being annoyed or you know he can be himself. I suppose and yeah. that that's why he likes coming out there. But um, no, I I, I t- they, they were filming it as part of the overlap and they went down to Hanson Bob and Corvamblers. They had a bit of crack there. They went yeah. up to Mayfield, Clarny Castle, and I suppose they saved the best to last. They came to the, the home of Cock Football, Rockmount, out in Whitechurch. So. Yeah. Do you know what? It's a long time since I was in Rockmount Park. I remember going in. There, there was a man called John Cald, and he's no longer with us. His friend is. Yeah, yeah. His son man, was a yeah. great friend of mine uh, of the same name. But John used to John used to pull points at the bar on a Christmas morning. Yeah. And I used to go for a snaky pint in Rockmont of a Christmas morning. Long, long time ago. Uh, long days. Um, no, we recently renovated our clubhouse. So um, we, we gave the John DeLay, uh, Billy Crone, I think it was, and Derek Clark gave the lads. Uh, there was actually filming going on. I think it's going to be on in the summer on, on Sky Max. And Brilliant. they gave him a tour, tour of the clubhouse and showed the different memorabilia jerseys that Roy would have worn for Ireland and Man United and Brilliant. pictures of Roy Keane when he played school boys Rockmont and the lads were Jamie and um, Gary were fascinated to see it because it kind of showed where he came from the teams he played with and I think they were kind of um, you know fascinated by the, the volunteers involved with the club and the hard work put in and you know, the energy that we had outside there yeah. um, and, and um, they brought him into the dressing rooms had a, a tour around there and yeah. In fairness, yeah. He really does define local hero, doesn't he, Brian? He really, really does. He's such a... Yeah. I, I, I've only ever been interviewed him twice, I'd say, in all my years, you know, and he's, he doesn't do interviews lightly, but he's... Yeah, as he said, we're not, we're not surprised, so you know, because he's, he's done so much for us over the years, but, um, you know, like, just when you think he can't do any more for you, he goes away and does something like that last week, you know, so... Ah, he's a, no, he's constantly he's a, he's a legend he's a legend is our Roy uh, thanks very much for that Brian and uh, good, luck to, good luck to Rockmont in that, that um, match you got cup game you got coming up cheers 0818 96 96 can I say something that could get me cancelled this could get me landed in all sorts of trouble with all sorts of people I don't get this Crossy am I from a different planet I don't get it Succession. How many episodes have you watched? I watched about four episodes of season one. And what annoyed me was it's trying to be a comedy and a drama at the same time. And that's not working. That's my view. Oh, you think? Oh, I love it. Now, I watched the first episode three times. It took me a while to understand them. But once I got into it, it's just a family. If, If no one's ever watched Succession before, it's basically an older man 
who wants to step down but doesn't want to step down and has three kids, well, four kids, want to take the company off him. And it goes from Billy to Jack, Billy to Jack, Billy to Jack, John, Joe, get to Mary, get to... And it's, it's back tonight like, for season four and they've said it's the last season. Yes, and this is, has been a shock to a lot of people, including the cast members. So, at the, again, I'm so afraid to say anything in case I spoil it on anyone. But on the last episode of season three, something massive happens. So they're going, great, this will tee us up now for season four. Did, did anyone expect, Crossy, at the time that Succession would be so big? It yes. came out, is it HBO, ten episodes in the first, ep- first season and then... Ten episodes. Sky, Sky and HBO pumped a ton of cash into this. It shows off New York, the Mercedes-Benz, the helicopters. They take helicopters like taxis. Um, they are crazy with money, and they say that it is very close to the bone for a lot of a lot of rich people around the world. That that's how they live. And when you see the book, I've interviewed uh, Kieran Culkin, Macaulay Culkin's brother, who plays Roman in it. Yeah. And if you've watched this, and you know how weaselly Roman is, let's just say he doesn't have to reach far to be that character. Like he's very much that weasel-esque, and he talks about it quite a bit. Where he went for a different role, and they went, no, 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 no. You need to go for this. You need to. You need to be the guy. When we turn around, you're sitting on someone's back rather than sitting on a chair. Yeah. And he's like, I felt I was part of this. Now, there's loads of stories. Everyone knows Brian Cox, legend actor. Yeah. The one thing. That's why I thought when I sat down first, this is going to be ace. But right. I couldn't. And but you, what you said there, you had to watch the first episode three times. You see, to me, that's bad television. The first you episode think? should, oh yeah, the first episode should grab you by the throat. Well, I am completely and utterly in love with it. I binge watched, I think, okay. ten episodes in about three days. I'll give it another go. I will give it another go. Um, this maybe. is the last season. This yeah. is the last season. It's ramping up, but it's very much who takes over the throne. Uh, Brian Cox is Logan Roy. He says the F word constantly to a point oh, I know that. where you'd want to teach your kids how to do it. Oh, it's almost That's a comma. It. Oh. It's almost a comma. <laughs> and he says everyone shouts it to him now. He said he can't walk down the street without people roaring that at him. He's brilliant in it. But the one thing that, that's really kind of confusing me, every time he, he says, faster, louder, I think of the Virgin Media ads. Because he's the voice over the Virgin Media ads. Uh, I, I said it on our breakfast show the other day and someone was like, that's where he's from. I was trying to figure out where Logan Roy's voice was from, and that's where it is. But apart from that, last ten episodes, uh, there was, I saw the first one last night. Have you it's seen good. them all, Crossy? No, they won't allow it. They're only going to show, so we get to see it on a Sunday night uh, before it airs. Okay. And yeah, and again, you, it's, it's such a show you can talk about, but you can talk about because so many snaky, sneaky things happened within the family. Yeah. You wouldn't trust anybody. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have a go of it and I'm going to sit down with the Queen Bee and see what she makes of it because we did Happy Valley that Happy Valley in a three-week binge, the whole three seasons in a three-week binge, and I think that might be something we need to do with this as well. I think so. And pour yourself something nice All and right. relax, keep away from your phone. Absolutely. Yeah. Emer says best TV since Game of Thrones. I liked Game of Thrones. I thought you could have ended it after three seasons, but I still liked it. Um, yeah. All right, Crossy, back tonight. Succession, wherever you get your telly. Uh, Sky, isn't it? Or now, or wherever it is these days. Succession. I, I'm, I think we will. I think it might, might be a television project from South Dakota. We have to give it another go. That's it. Oh, great result. Great result here. Pamela, who we started the show with this morning, her parents were scammed. That was rather a lot of money. Uh, her parents have just heard from the bank to say every 
cent of nearly €5,000 will be refunded. And that deserves... Programme edited by Imro Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. Thank you for joining the conversation in whatever way you did, and we will see you tomorrow just after now.